Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aoub. <laughs> what about Aoub? Safula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get to pumping. I got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fine. We, we, in the, we in the thick. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm going to be screaming, too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? <laughs> I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a football Friday and a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com, and watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. You can be a part of the show there, chiming in with your questions comments concerns on this hot friday in eastern north carolina the final friday in july when we rejoin you on monday we will be in the month of august and that means it's football time we got a lot of football talk coming your way today on pirate radio live coming up in the four o'clock hour tony dunn carolina cat chronicles.com will join us training camps are open so we'll talk nfl in hour number two of today's show at five o'clock we'll talk to east carolina offensive line coach steve shankweiler he'll join us to talk about a position group he's very excited about in 2022 also brian north wcti 12 will join us as well to talk some football and we will kick off today's show with the head football coach of the pirates mike houston joining us here inside the pirate radio studios coach great to have you in how you doing i'm doing good doing good thanks for having me in i guess thanks for joining us on your last day of of summer pretty that's, much that's right about it so uh it's 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 here it's time i i asked shank about this earlier when, when i talked to him briefly and he's been around so long i said do you have you perfected the art of of vacation of taking time off because you don't get a lot of time off so by now do you know when you can get away and and he said basically the body tells you for you you kind of know all right i got a couple weeks here and and i got to get back to the grind how about you have you been able to kind of get the family part of it with the football part of it this summer yeah i mean july is the chance that uh that we get because recruiting goes dead so uh you know you're still you know you're talking to kids every single day but um but you know you you can get away from town so uh you know we kind of big john takes the team he and his staff take the team the first uh, three weeks in july and the staff uh you know we get we get reacquainted to our to our families and 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 wives and kids and and unplug a little bit and uh you know we've done that and so now you're recharged and ready for uh, fall camp got a lot of veterans on this team that do things on their own without the coaches uh watching over them so how much of that has gone on this summer are you even aware of everything the players have been doing on their own so they they changed the rules uh this summer to where we could be out there for um you know the player-led practices okay which really helped you know june we basically practiced twice a week uh you know with the coaching staff and so in july uh you had a couple times a week we would you know even during the 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 downtime we rotated uh you know days in the in the office so you had a couple of coaches there for any of the team things now all the guys are doing things on their own you know owen daffer you know he he likes to get out there in the evenings and and kick on his own uh you know holton and the receivers they you know they have their time you know kind of on their own so the one-offs 
uh that those veteran guys are having yeah those are those are going on all the time but you know the one thing i do know is what has really changed with the program is when i got here in 2019 uh anything that was voluntary they weren't out there i mean you didn't have a whole lot of strong leadership in the program you know there wasn't a a bunch out there busting their tails doing extra now you have a very motivated roster you know you have a roster that uh you know they want to be great they want to be special they know we got a shot this year uh so they're doing all the little things on their own to uh, to make sure they're ready i'm glad to hear about the the change that coaches are allowed when coach ruffin mcneil first got hired in 2010 we had a special teams coach and i don't know the full story but the way it was told he was kind of peering off from the bushes watching some guys practice during the summer and and he was let go like it's it sounds crazy but so they have made some adjustments to that stuff so it's still the same amount of time you have with them each week you have eight hours a week during the summer um but you can have you know a little bit of that time can be out on the field you can only have a football you can't have pads you can't use blocking sleds or anything like that but you have a football so you can go out there and you can take them through drills you know you can you can do some stuff where the quarterback and the running backs are working and the receivers and the quarterbacks are working so really i think it's a smart uh rule it's one of the few things i would say that the ncaa has done lately that i would say was smart but i think it does it kind of does away with the stuff that you're talking yeah. about with uh you know with that guy with with rough yeah uh, just kind of silly common yeah. sense though yeah. uh chandler honeycutt here by the way cj schaefer shirley Rhodes joining us here in the pirate radio studios on a friday mike houston here and uh the media coach i know you love the media including myself well you guys yeah. i go and everybody <laughs> you, you know talk this, to. Is, this is gonna be a lot more enjoyable today it's like we're missing something that kind of <laughs> sometimes holds us back okay all right yeah. i can't put my finger quite uh yeah, it what is. it is but uh but no uh the media picking east carolina six i, I kind of looked at it i know you don't care i looked at it this way it seems like there's two tiers and then phil Steele has this in his magazine where you've got ucf and cincinnati and houston kind of in one tier and then east carolina's in that second tier with memphis who you knocked off last year smu who's not on the schedule this year so we won't get to prove it on the field but i don't know how you look at at the league itself but you gave your thoughts yesterday on being put six you don't really care but how about the league as a whole overall and where east carolina stacks up with it well i mean i personally i think we're as good as anybody i mean and i and i I don't mind saying that publicly uh i think we got a shot every single week uh this fall um but i I think our league is really good i mean i'll tell you one of the most dangerous teams in our league is going to be navy this year i just really think they're going to bounce back and have a strong year and you look where they're picked so the one thing i can say is it's a whole lot better to be talking about you know being disrespected pick sixth uh then when i first got here we were battling it out with uconn to see who was picked last you know yeah absolutely uh, so at least you know we have expectations and it gives the fans something to talk about and uh yeah, we're excited for the opener you're a great motivator we've seen your your speeches and uh, and famously but i don't know do you use this outside stuff at all what do you ignore and what do you allow in to give your team an edge yeah i mean I, I, i'm sure our kids are you know kind of pissed off about it but that's good they should be that's a good thing use it to your advantage yeah uh looking forward to talking to some of those guys on the team on monday the 
pirate radio players lounge will be back and uh we got some returners from last year uh excited to get holding on obviously got to know rajay harris xavier smith is a big personality but one of the guys we've got on this year coach i can't wait to meet him is miles berry everybody just talks so glowingly about him blake harrell was on last friday and said that's his wife's favorite player uh just sounds like a great young man a very interesting young man and and a good football player to boot so excited to get to know him but he, he sounds like a really special guy he's awesome i'm telling you he's yeah he's he's he'll he'll be you know one of your favorites all time kind of deal you know it's just such a total package and uh you know had had to go through the unfortunate uh stuff last year with his dad passing away during the season so i, I really got to know his mom uh you know it's such a great family he comes from but you know i joke with all the kids that they're all going to work for him one day because <laughs> he, you know he's and you'll feel the same way once mm-hmm. you guys get to know him i mean there's no doubt that that kid is going to be highly successful in life and he is in a position group right now you lose guys that have been around here heck before you got here with yeah. bruce bivens and aaron ramsour but you look at xavier smith Miles, you throw uh, uh, Jeremy Lewis, who's a rush in in that mix. Uh, you've got some very talented and veteran guys at that linebacker position, and really across the board. You look at the depth chart here; a lot of a lot of familiar names, and we'll talk about some new newcomers. But a lot of names we're used to seeing on the field. Well, you know, during that pandemic year, 2020, you know, we had we had kind of retooled the roster after 2019, and just you know tried to get you know more of our what we thought could win in this league kind of kids in here and you know we made the decision that we're going to play them and so you know we played a ton of freshmen in 2020 uh and so you know the result is now all those kids are third year players and so you know you talk about Rajay, you talk about keaton you talk about shane calhoun you know you, you talk about all these kids that have so much experience now you now you have a a, a veteran football team which still most of them have a lot of eligibility miles and x don't you know they're in their last year holton's in his last year but the bulk of the roster has multiple years of eligibility left and that's great that they have that experience it's also great on the other side that you can bring in o linemen bring in d linemen and have them redshirt and actually do it the way you'd like to do it right you're able to do that with depth well and i kind of uh i kind of said it last week in interview if if a freshman plays uh, on on this team this year, they will have to be really special because really you don't you don't need the freshmen to play. You have you have upperclassmen that have experience, have played a lot. Now with us, hey, it's whoever performs in practice is going to play on game day. I, I, I don't care if they're a freshman, I don't care if they're a senior, I don't care if they're a walk on, don't care if they're a scholarship player. You earn your playing time in practice. Uh, and it's, you know, everybody's got an equal opportunity. I know we saw a lot of Rajay and, and some of Keaton as freshmen. Do you, I don't know if you know offhand, but how many true freshmen have you played like the last few years? Do you feel like it is different this year where you're going to have to be pretty darn elite if oh, yeah. you get on the field? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, the, the fact was when we got here, we, we didn't have much depth on the lines. Uh, we did not have very good team speed. And so when we recruited that that class, um, that first class with Rajay and Keaton and all those D linemen and Shane Calhoun and all those kids were such an upgrade athletically uh, and speed and size, they played. Uh, but I just, you know, it just now it just you would have to really be a, a pretty special young player to get on the field. I don't know how much one on one are you going to be doing this fall camp because those battles between the O line yeah. and T line are going to be oh, pretty yeah. darn good. They'll be good, but but I, we we have to do that during preseason camp uh, because I really 
you know that's going to be what we hang our hat on i think that's our advantage uh is just the you know the physicality and the the toughness uh in those those players up front uh because i do think we have the ability finally to you know control the line of scrimmage on both sides we've been talking to a lot of high school coaches and kendrick parker uh first year head coach at south central he's been there a while played college football at elizabeth city state he said 20 25 years ago it used to be you go to fall camp to get ready for the season now if you if you're not ready when you show up to fall camp you're way behind so i'm sure you have that expectation for your team that they hit the ground running coming up next week right well that's i told them last week you know before we broke uh you know they had 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 the week off this week so but i told them that you know that that first practice next wednesday i expect us to look like a good football team you know uh, i had it at lenore ryan in 2013 uh, we had it at JMU in 2017, where you had, um, you know, a veteran experienced roster coming back. And, you know, you expect a team that's returning that kind of depth to really be sharp day one. Uh, and, you know, the freshmen, uh, now after I've told them, I said, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your entire life. I mean, it's preseason camp is brutal, uh, but it's kind of a rite of passage you know for college football players a lot of depth on this team a lot of people a lot of guys know what to expect also you've brought in some reinforcements on the offensive line the secondary and at the receiver position uh, you know how how much of an instant impact are you expecting from the upper class when you brought in through the transfer portal a couple of positions there we expect all of them to play i mean I, I, there's a reason they were brought here uh there's a reason they came here um you know i I don't we didn't take anyone that you know from what i've seen this summer that was just a miss uh i I like their character and the way they fit in with uh you know with our with our current uh roster uh but we expect those guys to be immediate impacts how good can isaiah winstead be for this team a lot of a lot of praise coming from that young man i I think he could be an all-conference player i really do he's got the size he's got the athleticism uh he's got the maturity uh, he's got the right mentality. Uh, he has incredible hands. I mean, he he just he does not drop it. And so, uh, you know, I think he he's a guy that will, you know, be someone that Holton will be able to count on. And he's a guy that can win the one-on-one matchups on the outside, uh, which he's probably going to get a lot of it because you know with with Ryan Jones and CJ and Shane and and those guys and the you know on the inside and the running backs. Uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of one-on-one coverage on the outside. Well, Coach, when you got here, we didn't have much of an O-line, a D-line. I don't think we had any uh, tight ends in the room. And we, now you we have one. You had built, you've built that room up. And Ryan Jones kind of went from a guy last year, like, all right, you got something here. To We're, we're counting on this guy. Like, he's one yeah. of the – he was he's the uh, leading receiver returning for East Carolina with Snead and Omatosho moving on so he's a huge part of, uh, of what you want to do offensively this year i would imagine he is uh i mean i think he's 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 got a shot to uh you know to play after after college i mean i think he's he's going to get an opportunity he knows what he's got to do this year in order to get that opportunity uh but certainly we're counting on him uh you know to have a big season you know that being said don't don't sleep on shane calhoun because you know when, when when we recruited him you know, I told him, I said, you have a chance to be the complete package at the tight end position in this league. And, and, and he has not disappointed me one bit. I think just Ryan gives you that older guy that is more a flex guy. Uh, and there's certain things that he can do. There's also certain things that Shane is really, really good at. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the combination of both of them uh, playing on the field together. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, just one of them. 
we label guys and i'm if you ever hear it i'm sure you laugh at i go and i talking about players but we were talking about the tight ends aaron jarman we label him as more of a blocking tight end ryan jones receiving tight end and we kind of said shane calhoun it does a little bit of everything right? right i mean is that is that fair to say yeah i mean that's not, not that aaron can't right you know catch right. the ball but he's more of an inline bigger body uh you know tight end uh you know ryan is i mean he can flex out three by one he can be the backside one and do just fine uh and then shane shane can do a little bit of everything shane you're gonna see shane all over the place and you know in line and a wing position in the backfield moving around uh, and I think he does give you the ability to be a great run blocker, and he does give you the ability to you know match him up on some guys. What's the receiver battle look like as far as starters go uh, heading into camp? Can you can you give us any names right now? That... Well, I mean, th- they're going to figure it out. I mean, you look at them on paper; uh, they'll figure it out. You know, you got you got Isaiah, you got Taji, you got uh, Garner, the transfer from Duke, uh, CJ, uh, Maceo, Brock, uh, Jalen Johnson, Kerry King, Josiah Hatfield. I thought Murph had a good spring. Uh, so, you know, you got a lot of guys on paper that are going to be vying for those starting spots, and, you know, they'll figure it out. You know, they'll make that, uh, you know, that decision. You know, Tyler Savage, one kid uh, that we didn't talk about a while ago, he is going to be more of, you know, moving inside with Shane and Ryan and uh and be kind of that next guy for us uh you know once ryan graduates okay uh and this is not like mike houston dodging a question or coach speak i remember the year when raji was a true freshman we knew him from recruiting but didn't know much about it you really kind of went week to week who's having the best week of practice that's who's playing running back i mean that's a philosophy you live by yeah and i but that's you know as long as the kids understand it and they embrace it uh it's it's that's the way it should be you know you earn your earn your playing time you know i think that that's one thing that uh i think coach foster has done chris foster has done a great job with because you have two you know number one starting running backs you know you got roger harris and you got keaton mitchell and i've i've, I've told the coaches and told the players i said the the one thing that you got to be careful with is there's only one football you know you name all these guys there's only one football, <laughs> you know and uh, you know you know how it is i mean it's if if you if one guy's getting it one week or whatever one guy's getting it the next week you just you can't worry about that stuff but i think chris has done a great job of managing those two to where you know they do pull for each other yes they compete for playing time yes they they all want to be the starter they all want the ball uh but as as long as there's you know always a respect uh and you know you're pulling for the other guy uh you know it can work do you and Coach Foster, Coach Kirkpatrick have those discussions about we got to get Keaton 18 to 22 today or Rajay 16? You know, what are those talks like leading up to a game as far as one ball, like you said, yeah. a lot of weapons? How do you disperse it? Well, there's just – it depends on the week, you know, because, you know, one, one, one of them may be banged up, may not be completely healthy. Uh, there may be a certain matchup. Uh, I think all of those guys – you got to make sure that they're getting the ball X amount. And, and yeah, I, I do say, hey, you know, Ryan's got to get a minimum of eight touches, uh, you know, this week. Um, you know, but a lot of it is dictated by how they're playing, how, how their health is, who we're playing, what the matchup looks like. The great thing is, though, you know, Holton, you know, when we got here, there wasn't a running back. I mean, yeah. Let's just be honest. Uh, you did not have a top tier running back. You, you did not have a, an offensive line that could protect him. You you really, you know, CJ, 
as a freshman was you know was your primary top target and you know sneed had a good year that year but you know you just you didn't have the weapons around there that you have now so it's not like you're depending on just one person anymore and yeah you've got a, a lot of options on that offense and uh, and it's exciting how about uh kenny curlin's asking on facebook uh expecting a big year from holt nailers how about the confidence level from you and the coaching staff with mason garcia right now to to go in a game if he needs to completely confident i think he's he's ready to play um you'll see him a good bit this year uh, i think we've got to get him ready for uh you know one way or the other holt nailers this is his last year at east carolina you know uh i want it to i want it to be an all-conference year and I, I hope he lights the record books up and uh you know takes us to all the goals that we have but uh we've also got to prepare for you know next year because uh you know it will be you know time for somebody else well you, we saw it a little bit last year he came in in spot situations and uh, was able to throw a touchdown running a touchdown is that something you're looking to do again this year getting him out there in certain spots well i think last year most of those situations were package kind of deals um i think mason has command of the entire offense now so i, I just think we've you know we got to find opportunities to get him some experience and get him on the field and let him play Still kind of crazy to think about that crazy COVID year and Holt Naylor's unable to play, and you just threw him right into the fire yeah. in that Navy game and did some good things, showed his athleticism, also showed that he was very raw. So I'm sure he's, what, night and day from that day? Yeah, I, just, that, that, I have nightmares about that week. So, I mean, it's, you know, he, he was not ready to play. Uh, he, certainly he showed his ability. But I do think that day was good for him because that day, I think that showed him just how much he had to improve on uh just from a standpoint of understanding the offense grasping uh the concept of the uh of the pass plays and and the reads and and the checks and uh it was that was a tough week for all of us it's got to be great for him to have a guy like holden nailers to look up to to show you and, and holden's not perfect but the preparation's always there yeah. the work ethic and you right. can probably say that about all your position groups guys looking up to miles and xavier right. and looking up so uh that's a that's a great thing to have for these younger guys coming in right well and i i, I told our leadership council we talked about this uh literally last week and it's you know the unfortunate thing for miles and xavier and some of those guys is they did not have strong leadership when they were young um you know and that's that was a big issue with the, with the program now you have very strong leaders across the board uh and i've really challenged them to 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 be strong leaders to be vocal um and you know you should have those freshmen coming in kind of just hey they're going to show you how it's supposed to be done uh because they understand the expectations they've put in the work uh you know they know you know when you show up each day you know we're going to work and there's a certain level of expectation on what kind of you know effort you put into it talking to mike houston today inside the pirate radio studios david says mims i believe that you got two mims on the roster two of them. uh sean dre is the older he's mims. The older uh he says he will uh he's under the radar and will make a difference on the defense and said his younger brother has great potential as well how about the mims boys that you brought in this offseason i think you know sean dre uh has been really good for us from a standpoint of leadership and work ethic and toughness and has a great motor uh, strong character guy i think that chandre has been fantastic for his little brother cj because basically chandre he told cj before he got here this summer you're not going to embarrass me so you better make sure that you're ready to and cj's responded uh we've been very pleased because you know big young kids 
a lot of times they really struggle when they first get here just from a conditioning standpoint motor uh you know the way they compete but uh cj has done a really good job this summer and uh really excited about his future i remember i go back to this a lot but i remember last year i think it was spring ball you're talking about dj ford who just came in as a leader already i was like wow how? and then we got to meet him and we see why a very mature right. young man he's a grown man basically right. and and he acclimated so well and i've talked to coach Kirkpatrick and blake harrell about this about the guys you bring in if they're not a locker room fit your players will tell you and, oh, yeah. and you'll you'll get them out of there uh but it sounds like once again you've brought in a group of guys from the portal from other places that fit in and and are going to be a part of the pirate you know program right away well we you know we try very hard to do our homework and and really check them out character wise and, and the coaches understand you know what what works and what doesn't because you know if, if you bring a kid in that's not strong character that doesn't work uh you know doesn't doesn't compete you know doesn't do those things they're just they're not it's not going to go real well for them so i've been very pleased you know justin red uh, i think he's going to be a great leader on our offensive front uh, i think isaiah is going to be a, a strong leader in that wide receiver room uh, i think a pre washington uh, has shown you know some of those same leadership traits on the defensive side of the ball and i think chandre uh, is going to be a guy that uh, that does that on that side of the ball Kenny Carlin's asking about the special teams, specifically the return game. You do lose uh, all of your punt return yards from last year, and Jaquan McMillan uh, did quite a bit of kick returning. So who are the guys you're looking at to uh, to fill those shoes in the return game? Well, I mean, I think you'll see uh, you know, probably Malik Fleming, Juwan Powell, uh, Josh Murphy. You know, those guys will be handling the punt return duties. Uh, you know, you're going to see you know, Keaton Mitchell, Josiah Hatfield, uh, you know, Kerry King, you know, those guys handling the kick return duties. So, uh, you know, you got, uh, you've got plenty of guys. You just don't have, you know, Sneed was the do it all guy for three years. You know, it's, it, I, I hate that he's not here anymore. I talked to him last week. Uh, he's doing great, uh, up in Pittsburgh. And so, uh, uh, pulling for him but uh you know life moves on so you, it's it's time for somebody else to fill those shoes seen a few jaquan mcmillan highlights as yep. well out in denver and uh and a big year from malik fleming who i think has the confidence and has shown he's got some of the skill as well is you're counting on him to be your your number one corner this year well i'm, I'm counting on him to be a solid starter i'm counting on him to be a great leader uh you know counting on him to really you know kind of take that next step uh, from a standpoint of the locker room and uh, the unit uh, and stuff like that, uh, I think we have some other guys there that are that are going to be you know really good players at the corner position. But certainly Malik has the experience uh, of being out on that field. And I misspoke earlier when I was talking about Jaquan McMillan returning kicks. I was looking yeah. at interceptions and another name that pops up, Warren Sava, who we love around here. Great interview. I remember he he kind of said he had a, a meeting with you early on. He didn't know if he was going to go or stay, and he was one of those guys that really bought in. But uh, more leadership there on the back end. How about that secondary, losing guys like McMillan, Saba, uh, who's stepping up for you in those spots? Well, you know, the, the good thing is uh, you have a lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps. Uh, so, you know, at corner, you got DeMille Hickman. Uh, of course, we, we've slid Jawan Powell over there in the spring. Uh, I do think Jawan needs to be prepared to play both corner and field safety. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about um, – of uh, Siobhan Ravel. Uh, I'm really, really excited about, uh, you know, Fletcher. Uh, those two guys are big, long corners. 
uh, you know, they're going to have a chance to, uh, you know, to play and, com- and compete for some playing time there. They're just young. Um, you know, I thought De- DeMel really had a good summer. Uh, so, you know, he's 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 been here. I really hope he steps in there at the corner position. But, you know, at safety, Tegan Wilk uh, played a lot. Uh, you know, really, you know, expect some big things from him. Uh, then you got uh, Julius Wood uh, at field safety, who had a great spring. Uh, I think he's an all-conference caliber player, uh, first year starting. Sean Dorsow has played a lot of snaps, uh, has started a lot of ball games for us, so expect him to compete for a starting job. Uh, Jairo Wilson, Gerard Stringer. Uh, so it's not like, you know, yeah, I hate, I hate that Warren and J-Mac and, and DJ and all them, you know, graduated and moved on or went on to the NFL. Uh, but it's not like the cupboards bare there in the secondary. Right. That's the sign of a, a good program and, and the depth you've built. I was going to bring up your guy, Chandler, Jaira Wilson. What What is that position? Is that a, a hybrid position that, that he plays? Well, you know, he, he, he really plays two positions. He plays the Sam, uh, which is the down safety, which that's anymore. You know, that position has really changed for us the last several years. So anymore, it's you got to be able to play man coverage. you got to be able to play the run. You got to. It really takes a special player. He and Gerard both uh, can do that at a very high level, uh, and so we've really we've worked Jaira a lot uh, at the buck safety position uh, on the back end this summer. Uh, that way we can get he and Gerard on the field together. Uh, that way it gives us another experienced guy there with Tegan. Uh, so you know I think Jaira is uh, kind of a special guy that he has the ability to play both down near the line of scrimmage and you know back deep in the secondary. Blake Carroll, year three, heard Miles Berry talking about that yesterday and, and how multiple it is, how he wants to do different things. So, And I asked Coach about it last week, how how much does he like to change things, add new things? He says you can't be stagnant or you're going to get no. left behind. So how about with you and Coach Kirkpatrick, Coach Harrell, as far as innovating, bringing new stuff in, uh, how often do you do that uh, each and every year? Well, I mean, it's constant. I mean, it's uh, – you know, really that's the thing that I was – most impressed with when i interviewed blake because he had been with me uh you know before uh and and had taken the defense that we ran for so many years and he had evolved it so drastically uh and you know he we've added some things this summer we've tweaked some things this summer we've you know we we were literally sitting in there working on uh, our game plan for navy yesterday i was gonna uh, ask about just uh you know just you you constantly have to evolve because if you don't uh you know you're gonna get passed by so uh i think that uh you know both sides of the ball because you know your your talent's different you know all of a sudden you know your your weapons on offense are different this year uh there's going to be some things that you're going to do different uh so uh, i think you've constantly got to evolve uh in all phases not just offense defense you got to evolve special teams wise uh, we've made quite a few adjustments this uh off season there so uh, you know, really excited about uh, where we sit here as we get ready to start camp next week. And it's uh, it's go time now, Coach. What are the? I mean, you've got a ton of goals, I'm sure. What do you want to accomplish these first couple weeks of camp with your team? What do you want to see the most from them? Well, I mean, it's first two weeks are going to be we're, they're going to get after it. So it's going to be highly competitive, a lot of competition. We're going to put them in a lot of game situations. Uh, you know, there's going to be, you know, you guys be out of practice for some of it, but there's going to be lots of situations where it's good on good, uh, something's on the line, and it's a as close to a game situation as we can make it. Uh, and what we found, this group, uh, you know, they really respond to competition. And so first couple of weeks of camp, we really want to just focus on us, um, try to develop the toughest, hard-nosed, 
make plays, get after it, you know, play together group that we can do. And then the last two weeks, we're really going to focus on NC State. Mike Houston joining us. That fires me up. It means it's almost here. East Carolina football 2022. Players reporting in a uh, few days, and then practice begins. And Coach will be uh, right there in the thick of it. Uh, We'll let you go with this. Uh, How many wins for the Cowboys and Commanders in 2022? Here's what I will say. There's no way that the Cowboys don't win more than the commanders do there's no way no way no way no the cowboys are going to win the east the cowboys have to be one of the you know early picks to win the super bowl this year whoa 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 whoa, whoa. i I feel very strong about that the commanders (laughs) i know you've been busy and having the commanders will be battling it out with the giants for last place in the east (laughs) oh my goodness you might even have an owner by next week you know he might be locked up that would be a good thing get that guy (laughs) out of there and i'll really be happy with things how about uh hanging out on a yacht so you don't get served a subpoena what a what a in international waters well that's that guy's a genius that's, that's <laughs> he, he, he has solutions for problems that we don't <laughs> that is very true coach uh thanks for hanging out we appreciate it we'll see you uh, on the practice fields next week all right it's go time go yes Pirates. sir mike houston joining us firing us up for some football we will talk to steve shankweiler later on in the show take a deep dive into the offensive line for the 2022 Pirates. More to go, hour one of a Free Beer Friday edition of PRL. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings, featuring rotating North Carolina breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All righty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Thanks to Mike Houston for hanging out. First hour of the uh, first half hour of the show today. Good roster chat. He mentioned a couple of names I have literally never heard of. It reminds me that Steven Igo and I have not yet done our cornerback and safety preview yet, but a couple of corners uh, that he mentioned that I was unfamiliar with, and um, one of those was Fletcher Marshall, uh, and the other was Siobhan Ravel, who are listed behind Demel Hickman in Phil Steele's unofficial depth chart, and that got me thinking that. We're gonna we're gonna probably see a lot of different corners this year. No uh, McMillan on the field for every play. You hope Malik Fleming can step up and be there every day, every game, every play, and and go against the top receivers on the other side. But I think we're gonna see a lot of different guys in that secondary this year. Tegan Wilk and uh, and Julius Wood have some um, experience at the safety position, so maybe not as far as safety, but I think corner. We could see a lot of different names, Chandler, and uh, maybe a new guy to step up this year. Yeah, the corner, when he got to the corner position, that's where I kind of stumbled on, all right, who is that? But, 
you know, you're looking at somebody to take J. Mac Jaquan McMillan's place and, and step up. And is it Malik Fleming? But and he's definitely, like Coach said, has the experience in that room. But it seems like there's a lot of other guys that can kind of get in the mix and make an impact in, in, as well. And you know, depth is always a key part to a program. And it looks like not just the defensive line and offensive line. It looks like he's got some in the cornerback room as well. Uh, Mike P said, "Clip Chandler, thanks for wearing a nice collar shirt to interview Coach Houston today." Uh, unlike Stephen Igo did on the Zoom yesterday, t shirt and couch. Oh, by the way, Mike P, great joke on Twitter yesterday. Stephen Igo, more like Stephen, I guess I'm going to take this from the laundry basket. Mike P, always good at the uh, the lame jokes that I enjoy. So thank you. We appreciate that, Mike. Uh, but great chat with Coach Houston. You I'm wanna, pumped. You want to change uh, any of your top 10 most important players after that conversation? I don't know. I Did feel he like say I, anything? I, now I feel like we should bump it up to 20. <laughs> now we need more. <laughs> we need more. But, uh, yeah, he's fired up, ready to go, really likes his team, said. And you want the coach to say this, and, and you probably have every coach in the country saying this, but I believe it when Mike Houston says it. He thinks he can win any game on the schedule this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. When I asked how they stacked up with the American, he also acknowledged that it is a, a tough league, as Cy Seymour would say, and a tough schedule uh, when you factor in the Wolfpack and BYU out of the non-conference slate they're, that are going to be preseason top 25 teams. You were on Twitter last night and got into a Twitter space with Brandon Walker with Barstool Sports. Brandon Walker knowing a lot of college football. You asked him, who is the Cincinnati of this year? Who is going to be that non-Power 5 team that can run the table and his answer was the Cougars of BYU. BYU was his answer. Thanks, uh, the schedule shapes up for him, and also they have a really good football team. So by the time we get to late October, that could be a very important game for ECU bowl game-wise. It could be a very important game for BYU. We'll see, but a very important game national landscape-wise for them to, to maybe remain undefeated, maybe be a top-10 team. We shall see. A lot of football to be played between now and then all right so uh once again steve shankweiler joining us at five o'clock we'll do a deep dive into the offensive line group uh which mike houston says that justin red uh is is one of those guys he really likes to come in the locker room be a leader immediately i think we're going to see a couple of newcomers maybe chandler get the start on the offensive line week one against nc state we'll talk more about it with coach shank but they have bolstered uh the o-line position through the transfer portal this offseason absolutely and uh that's exactly you got parker moore uh obviously you got justin red that uh coach houston alluded to and uh going to the defensive side of the ball a guy that we talked about in the interview with with coach houston chandre mims i'm really excited about the uh impact he's going to make on the defensive line there he, he uh caused a lot of havoc against the pirates last year when charleston southern came to town but yeah a lot of guys that he mentioned uh a lot of new guys that are going to make immediate impacts and uh hopefully that uh is going to be good for the pirates another nugget uh that we did not have before this conversation is tyler savage moving from receiver to the inside Mm -hmm. sounds like he's going to be a part of that tight end room listed tyler savage uh 6'3 235 and says that he could be uh filling in for ryan jones when he leaves east carolina so he continues to build up that tight end room mike p says he likes uh hearing about that about savage and says makes me think there could be some three tight end sets Mm. to help with ball control this year you can also 
play action out of those and hit those weapons at tight end uh, for passes over the top. So a lot of options with this team. It does make you think, too, man, you've got so many guys now, and you want to get Keaton his touches, Rajay his touches, but he said Isaiah Winstead could be a true number one all-conference receiver. We know we got in C.J. Johnson, and it didn't mention it much on the air there, but we talked to him off the air. C.J. In, in good standing right now with the Pirate football team ready to go at the wide receiver position. Ryan Jones is your leading receiver returning for East Carolina with the absence of Omotosho and Sneed. So a lot of mouths to feed. Veteran quarterback should lead into a really good offensive season for these East Carolina Pirates. But just like Coach said, there's one football. So there's a lot of options there for East Carolina. A lot of people don't understand that, Chandler. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand. Look, there's people I talk to, Cliff, that don't understand it. They think there's football. like two footballs, three footballs. No, there's one football. There's one football. I like to call it the pigskin. Mm. I haven't heard it called that in a while. Well, I've, I've created that myself, the pigskin. But we're talking about a lot of options in a lot of different position groups for East Carolina. And when you talk about tight end, you go back about three or four years where there was hardly any. Maybe I think he said that there was one tight end when he got here and took the job at East Carolina. Now you've got options there. You've got options in the wide receiver room. you got depth of the offensive line. you got depth of the defensive line. We've, we're learning new names in the corner, in the secondary group uh, now. And so it's just great to here and uh hopefully uh a lot of those guys can come in for ecu this season and make it an awesome impact who's doing the uh quote tweeting for pirate radio is that you cj i mean <laughs> mike houston he's, he's gonna lose all credibility if you put that cowboys tweet out there quote the cowboys have to be one of the early picks to win the super bowl this year i mean mike houston said a lot of very informative level-headed things today and then that is not one of those things this, but, it, but it will get looks <laughs> it'll get looks this is why the media always talks about the cowboys it gets clicks taking them out of context uh oh, yeah. this is fully in context that might be the worst part <laughs> so again a uh, lot of great information with coach houston but him saying the cowboys have to be one of the early picks to win the super bowl this year not one of the uh the brightest things he said today not very high on your commanders either Nah, that's fine. Rightfully so. I don't well, think yeah. a lot of Cowboys fans are going to be saying anything nice about Keep sleeping. I'm about to go LeBron on y'all. All right. Please, and I pray, keep that same energy. Are you going to delete it when the Commanders miss the playoffs too? Did LeBron delete his tweet? Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. It's gone. That guy. What a phony. <laughs> Speaking of LeBron being a phony, I got a book in the mail today. You on page one? <laughs> I am. I'm going to crack it open on page one. I got freezing cold takes NFL, football media's most inaccurate predictions, and the fascinating stories behind them by Fred Siegel. Seagal. He is the... I love that Twitter account. He is the freezing cold takes guy. Is that a real book? It's a real book, and he is going to join us on Pirate Radio sometime in August to get the the man behind the freezing cold takes account. That'll be awesome. So uh, I've been chatting with him. Actually, he is a a miami guy and i told him i'm uh, with pirate radio greenville north carolina and he said i was at the game in miami when marcus crandall torched us and then we also talked about the 99 game and i said yeah i was at that one when the pirates had the massive comeback led by david garrard keith stokes and company jamie wilson had a good game conley guy 
Uh, so we talked a little ECU Miami. So that'll be a weird interview we have in uh, August. I don't know what exactly we're going to talk about, but it'll be fun to talk to the freezing cold takes guy. You can definitely go back in time and talk some ECU Miami. And what's uh, well, we'll also have to think of our 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 worst take of all time in sports. Like, I mean, I've had a bunch of them. I, I know it right now. You got one for you? Yes. I've got one that I could I, that I share with you. Do you well, want to go first? Well, 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 go are we doing it right now? Let's take a break. Okay. We need to get a break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. We'll talk about some uh, awful takes we've had. Hour two, Tony Dunn. Also, C.W. Sloan going to join us to talk some fantasy football. Training camp is here. We are football heavy on a Football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. You can take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or a kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Party back with you, Pirate Radio Live. I think Shirley has probably seen this because she's very in tune with what's going on on social media. Uh, CJ probably knows this because he's in tune with what's going on with wrestling. So I'm going to ask Chandler, who sometimes is like out of pocket when it comes to this stuff what eight time nba all-star was at wwe tryouts this week eight time wwe wwe all-star <laughs> eight time nba all-star nba all-star wwe doesn't have an all-star team uh, although it should that would be cool every year make an all-star team <clears throat> i he hasn't seen this shirley have you seen this on social media I believe so. I'm not sure if I got the name right, but I know I saw it. Uh, all right. Well, Chandler is stumped. Not, not Dwight Howard, is it? Shirley, who do you think it is? I do believe it's Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Did wow. you just guess that, that out of the blue? That was a guess. That was impressive. Way to go. Dwight Howard. So, CJ, have you looked into this? I just saw a video of him cutting a promo. Yeah. Is he, like, really trying to do this? Yes, and I, I guess because I saw him with a quote that said he's, like, He's wanted to have a stint in WWE for a while, but it's also a little confusing because most celebrities, if they want to do something with WWE, especially somebody at his level, you don't have to try out. They just let you. <laughs> Does he not know that? I don't know. Logan Paul is wrestling tomorrow. I, if he can do it, Dwight Howard can do it. But And Dwight Howard is in phenomenal shape yeah. compared yeah. to regular Americans. And he is 36, which is old for basketball but not that old for wwe right Right. so i mean if he wants to do this i think he still wants to play basketball though right so uh, he could have like a post basketball career for a few years if he wants to he could have a dennis rodman experience and do both at the same time yeah this seems like he wants to be more serious about it and like be a regular almost i don't know but i found that interesting good guess chandler you were correct 
uh all right let's talk about bad takes once again i'm gonna have the freezing cold takes guy on pirate radio live but if, for people that don't know that's a, a an account on twitter is it on other places i just see it on twitter I think instagram too but he takes like your colin cowherds uh basically anybody who is verified that has a demonstrative prediction and really kind of goes overboard with it like there's no way that jamarcus russell won't work out at quarterback in the nfl 100 percent, take it to the bank and he'll like just retweet that that's his job to put out the bad takes from from people so we're gonna have him on the show so uh chandler cj y'all said y'all remembered some bad takes that you've had in the past what uh what came to mind for you guys i said when sam darnold was a free agent i said i wanted him to come to pittsburgh because we would make him become a great quarterback and well, then he went to the Panthers. Technically, maybe he could have in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, that- <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I, I said I don't know how strong I was about it, but I did say that a fresh start for Sam Darnold could be a good thing for Carolina. Uh, it didn't, clearly it didn't work out that way. Chandler, what was your bad take? I think I've said this on the air before, um, but my freshman year in college was 2016, the first year of coach. Oh, Scotty I know where you're going. Yeah. And uh, went to the first game against Western Carolina. A blowout by the Pirates. 56 to nothing. They beat the Catamounts. Next week, it was a hot day in Greenville. ECU versus NC State. And as everyone remembers, ECU w- wins that game. Coach Moe's running around the field like a madman with the, with the crossbones up. I gathered some buddies that next Monday. I gathered them up. I said, we're going to go to the coaches show at Logan's. So we go, and during one of the breaks, I go up to Coach Scotty Montgomery. You know what I tell him? I said, Coach, I said, you've brought a swagger, some sort of swagger and confidence to this Mm -hmm. football program, Mm -hmm. and you're taking it in the right direction. Mm. And then what happened almost every game after that? (laughs) Loss. (laughs) No swagger, no confidence. (laughs) Oh, man. And in the wrong direction. But a young Chandler Honeycutt was fired up. Fired up. What did he say to you? Thank you, man. And I appreciate the students coming out here from a student standpoint. So y'all really had a good bond there for a second. Just a split second. And now it's, uh, look, these relationships are fleeting. Enjoy them while they're here. We're enjoying our relationship currently with Mike Houston. If you missed that chat, you can actually go back and check it out now on YouTube because you can rewind live YouTube. So uh, check that out. Great uh, roster breakdown from Mike Houston earlier on Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk to Steve Shankweiler coming up at 5 o'clock. But next, we will talk NFL. Training camps are here. I don't know if this is going to be a take, but I'm going to tell Tony the team I'm falling in love with. Talked about it on the air yesterday. Talk more about that. We'll talk some fantasy football as well with C.W. Sloan. NFL Hour on tap. Don't forget Hour 3. We're giving away freedom. We're giving away Budweiser's. We'll do that as well. Big, big Football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live rolls on after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The sidebar in Uptown Greenville is open and ready to serve you. The Tex-Mex Fusion Restaurant Offers dinner and Sunday brunch from 10.30 to 2.30. Located right next door to the Dickinson Avenue Public House, the sidebar has indoor dining and patio seating for everyone to enjoy. For the latest on reservations, menu items, and more, follow the sidebar on Facebook or on Instagram at sidebar.greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Why does Kawhi Leonard laugh <laughs> like a maniac? <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best part about it is his face. It Look at sounds his... like one of those. That's uh, a laugh. That's a laugh. You know what it sounds like? You know those uh, squeak, squeaky pig toys? Yeah, like that, for a dog toy or something. Like a dog toy, but it's a pig snorting yeah. or squealing or isn't, whatever. That's what it sounds like. Isn't there another famous Kawhi laugh sound, though? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't, he's the only person that doesn't smile when he laughs. There's one video of him laughing. There's no, it he's looks like, like frowning. He's, a puppet. he's like, uh, 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 uh. He's like the most emotionless list person. <laughs> there it is right there. <laughs> I watch uh, Westworld, and if there is... Has it gotten better? Season four has been a little bit of a return to the roots. Okay. I stopped watching season three. Couldn't didn't even and get I through just, it? Nah, and I just picked it back up season four to give it another chance. And uh, But if there are androids walking the earth... Like there are Kawhi Leonard's show. one of them. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> is one. my number one suspect. <laughs> he just does not have normal human emotions. interactions and emotions. So anyway, uh, let's get to Tony. We'll talk Panthers in a moment with you uh, and NFL news and notes. But let's uh, head out to the Pirate Radio Live Line and talk some fantasy football. C.W. Sloan joins us. C-Dubs, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I, I'm pumped. We had Mike Houston on earlier we got these training camp videos, which, by the way, we'll talk about later. What matters in training camp? And I'll tell you that none of it does, except one thing for me. But uh, but let's dive into some fantasy talk. And today, we are talking AFC North and AFC South. Is that right, CW? Yeah, I got that right. And how about this? We're going to start with the Super Bowl runners-up, the cincinnati Bengals, because there are a lot of guys you will be drafting from the Bengals this year uh first off the board is chase or mixon probably chase for you right cw yeah jamar chase right now is carrying an adp of eight i'm actually early in the in the draft process in july late june he was actually in the top five and he dropped down just a hair to eight which i think is about right he he definitely came onto the scene last year had some incredible huge games and then there were some spotty games where you didn't really see much of them so he's going to have to command a lot more consistency if you're not playing best ball and you're playing a season-long league but he definitely is a top 10 player uh right now in uh in fantasy in the adp at this point joe Mixon frustrating for me i I had him a couple years didn't work out i think i didn't have him his best year where is he going among running backs right now 
Joe Mixon has an ADP of 12 and a half, so you're really looking at him as, okay, do I want to end the first round with him in a 12-man and begin my second round with him, or you know, do I want to pass and take a couple of those other running backs or maybe a receiver that fell out of there? I'm, I'm okay with taking a second rounder on Mixon. I don't know that I'm going to uh, burn a first rounder on him based on the talent that I see in the first round, but it, I, it wouldn't hurt. I certainly wouldn't tell somebody they shouldn't do that in, at the end of the first round, but I think the safest play for me for Joe Mixon is taking your second round pick, late, early second round pick, late first round pick. Is Nick Chubb going ahead of Joe Mixon in PPR leagues? Absolutely not. In fact, I think because of all the noise that's coming out of, out of Cleveland right now, and I, and I had some couple, a couple pieces of uh, information while I'm up here in Ohio right now, Nick Chubb is going somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 27. And I know that doesn't sound like a uh, like where it maybe should because Chubb has been so productive, but I think a lot of the injuries that he's sustained and, and, the, and the flux of what Cleveland's going to look like uh, with Percet at, at the helm, if that's the case, which looks like it most likely will be for at least a good portion of the season, if not all, uh, I, I do see Chubb as a late second, early third-round pick, but as a wow. That does sound odd, but makes sense when you talk about it. Uh, how about T. Higgins? Where is he ranked amongst wide receivers? And T. Higgins is right there after Chubb at 28 as his ADP. Wow. And quite frankly, I actually think that's a little high for him. It's it's high. Two Bengals receivers in the top 30 does seem high. Yeah. T. Higgins is actually the first receiver to go second in, a, in an offense in the NFL right now in, in the ADP. He's the next one of, uh, of a legitimate offense. And it's not that I'm completely down on Cincinnati. I just think that they hit their ceiling a lot faster than we expected going to the Super Bowl last year. But, you know, when you look back at the season that they had, they did not blow out the fantasy doors. They just simply made a run at the end of the season. So I think we have to curtail our Cincinnati Bengal hope a little bit in the fantasy world. Now, I do think they're all going to be good players, but I do think with the run that they made last year, probably put them a little higher in some of the ADPs than what we maybe ultimately really think they're going to end up doing when the season's over. Uh, going back to Jamar Chase, CWD, um, is there any concern about the sophomore slump, like last year's numbers being so fantastic that, you know, kind of a regression to a mean and I won't say overpay for him, but is are you gonna? Can you get much better than what you got last year, or does that not matter because last year was great enough that even less would be fantastic anyway? Great point about the fact that you said doesn't really matter because he did so well last year. Uh, I think that's a, a good assessment, and I've said this on the show probably almost every time that I that I come up here when we talk about first rounders. When you look at the ADP of the top twelve to. 15 uh, players in the league right now that pretty much everybody's discussing. I don't think, you know, barring uh, taking somebody other than maybe Cooper Cup or or uh, Jonathan Taylor one uh, or two at the top of the league, all of these guys are first-round guys for fantasy football. And, you know, if we're talking about taking Jamar Chase or Derrick Henry, I don't think that's something that everybody should – you know, raise an eyebrow about because these guys are not really going to be the guys that win you your league. It's you passing up on all of these guys to take a complete risk in the first round or early second to where you can lose your league. So Jamar Chase is a first-round guy. I, if, if you're picking 10 or 4 or 7 or 8 and you take him, I don't think you're going to win or lose your league because you did that. I think if you pass up on a lot of these guys and you really want to reach for somebody who a lot of people are not talking about, 
or you take you know somebody else in that top three range that pretty much everybody has decided that these are the guys that are probably going to you know be your best interest in taking, then I think you're going to get into some trouble. But Jamar Chase is a first-round guy. Whether or not he ends up being the number one, number two, number three, or even number seven receiver at the end of the day, I, I still think he's a safe play. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up. <clears throat> we gotta we gotta move along. Uh, let's do take your pick, Tony. Twenty twenty two. Do you want Joe Burrow or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, appendix surgery. Um, guys, <laughs> look, does I that matter? A, I'm in a, does no, that matter? I'm an appendix um, surgery survivor. 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 Yeah, I'm still here. Could staying. you walk the next day? Uh, I could not. I guess I'm a. Yeah, I guess I'd take Joe Burrow because of the question marks with the receiving core in Green Bay. Uh, how about Ch- Chandler, Joe Burrow, or Matthew Stafford? Mm. I'll probably go Joe Burrow. CW, Joe Burrow or Dak? Burrow. Joe Burrow or Russell Wilson? I would take either there. I think both of them are going to be right next to each other. I think there's not a whole lot of difference, but if twisted my arm on it, I probably would go Burrow there. Burrow or Brady? Brady. All right. Wow. We might have hit Homer. Our... We might hit the Homer button. No, Bur- I'm just kidding. Burrow or Hurts? Why did I hit the Homer button there? I'm curious. Burrow or Hurts? No, we got to move on. All right. Hurts. All right, so we found CW has Burrow around eighth, and you guys have him in a similar spot, it sounds like, eight to ten. All right, uh, Hayden Hurst, I didn't know he was on the uh, the Bengals. Is he worth a tight end flyer? No, not at all. All right, Tyler Boyd, no? Uh, 12th rounder. All right, let's move on to the Ravens. Ugh. Rashad Bateman? Is he the receiver you want? He's going to be the only receiver that you're taking in this uh, in the, on this team, and he's looking somewhere around a late fifth uh, round selection. He is going to be the number one target. You know, somebody's got to throw the ball to somebody for Baltimore. Well, I, and Mark Andrews obviously is the guy you want, yeah. but as far as receivers go, Bateman. I love, by the way, remember him, Chandler, James Prochet, mm-hmm. SMU. Yes, sir. That dude's a baller. Uh, we'll see if he can do something in the NFL. Uh, what do you do about the running backs here? Dobbins, he's coming off an injury, right? Yeah, he's coming off a, a severe injury, and he swears up and down. I guess you're following Twitter that you know, he's going to be ready for week one, and there's a good chance that he may be taken off the pup. You know, the, the pup right now is one of those preseason things that you don't really get too concerned with, but because of his recent injury history, it is a concern for Dobbins. And I'm not taking him as, as rich where he's going. He's going at at pick around 50-52. That's just a little too steep for me. But he is somebody you could certainly draft if you already have two running backs and you want to put him in the flex. Tony, Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? Oh, uh, Joe Burrow. Wow. I don't think the... I mean, I'm... I think the allure of rushing yards is too much sometimes for quarterbacks. Were you that defensive coordinator anonymously that talked about Lamar Jackson this week? (laughs) I just... I mean, I don't... I. I don't know how the the Ravens' offense is going to be explosive in the passing game, um, given that they don't really have anybody out there. It is a weird looking offense there. When you so their receivers are Bateman, Duvernay, Prochet. I don't know, man. I mean, is he maybe he'll have that five touchdown a week game like he had? 
two years ago or whatever. Maybe it's kind of like a cam in 2015 is that since there are nobodies, Lamar's got to be the guy that, you know, puts it on his shoulder and his legs every week. And we already have Mark Andrews high, but after this conversation, Mark Andrews just went up even more, yeah. even higher in my book, guy. CW. Yeah, he's a, he's at pick 19, and, and deservingly so. He was the number one tight end last year. You know, Travis Kelsey has been the number one tight end five of the last six years, and the fact that you you know took him off his, his pedestal there, that says a lot. And they're going to throw it to him probably more than they did last year. So Mark Andrews, clearly a good uh, pick at 19 uh, what? for this Will Gus Edwards be a uh, like week seven pickup to win you a week this year? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and you really don't want to draft him because you don't really know what he's going to do coming back. I mean, it is this this backfield is really difficult to gauge based on the ADP. I'm probably staying away, but uh, there are some shots you can take with Baltimore, and you could hit a home run with them. Lamar Jackson, you mentioned great point about he could have four touchdowns one week and then nothing the next. He's what we would call a good uh, best ball quarterback. Just make sure you pair him with someone else. I'll tell you who else is receiving core I do not like. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, Amari Cooper, often injured. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I don't know who David Bell is. I thought he was a baseball player. How about the uh, receivers in in Cleveland? I guess you want Cooper first, but when do you take Amari Cooper? Uh, he's going to ADP 54 once again. This is another uh, division, another group of players that I they just seem to be going a little higher than what the expectation is and think about Mari Cooper's position right now you're talking about Kobe percent more than likely starting the season and then what do, what are we going to do with Deshaun Watson you know he's going to start let's say he comes back week 11 or week 10 now you got another quarterback that you have to adjust to so I I don't really like what Cleveland's doing other than with the running game and Nick Chubb but right now yeah 54 is a little too high for me for Amari Cooper's ADP have we still not heard the results of the Watson stuff nope good god no we not we have not ridiculous we've talked about Chubb and and Hunt in the past how about uh, David Njoku is he a tight end you'd want in a 12 12 team league yeah last couple rounds he's definitely worth a flyer but not much more than that he's going to pick 154 so you're looking at it taking him in one of the last rounds, but certainly not somebody you're targeting. All right, uh, let's move on to the Steelers. Uh, Deontay Johnson had better numbers last year than I thought. I guess uh, he was not much on my radar, but you got Johnson, Claypool. Oh, they drafted uh, Pickens. Was he Georgia? Got him on the roster? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. so uh, how about these receivers? I guess Johnson's one, right? Yeah, Johnson's going to ADP 38 right now. Uh, is that his draft position and? I'm okay with that because I know the production that he has done in the past. I do worry a little bit about what the quarterback position is going to look like. And I also worry a tad bit about the fact that this is what Pittsburgh's done in the past with their players on their last year, their contract. He's trying to command the same amount of money that Terry McLaurin wants, and I don't know that he's going to get it from Pittsburgh. So you could see a little bit of a stalemate in there. Right now I think he's not doing a holding out, as they say uh, in camp, but a holding in, which means he's showing up in camp every day. He's just not doing anything. And so that just doesn't bode well for me when you're talking about a Pittsburgh Steeler on the last year of his deal. So I'm not really doing a lot of targeting to Deontay Johnson at 638. I would rather wait and, and take George Pickens at 183. Uh, CJ Schaefer, a Steelers fan, also shows up but doesn't do anything. So, CJ, you can relate to this. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Johnson? And the, how about the, the receiving core as a whole? What do you expect it to look like this year? Uh, I share the same feelings about Deontay Johnson. Um, the Steelers have shown in recent years, most recently by letting Juju Smith-Schuster walk, that they are 
they don't have a problem losing veteran wide receivers um, and would rather instead draft one like they did with George Pickens. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Deontay Johnson isn't here after this year. Uh, CW, I am a sucker for volume. And I feel like Najee Harris is going to get a lot of touches this year, a lot of catches. Uh, where do you take Harris in drafts? Easy. First round, uh, end of the first round, 100%. You don't, you got, if you have anywhere from the seventh to 12th pick and he's there, you've got to, you got to be thinking about him. At the end of the first round, you're definitely taking him. Uh, but you don't get out of the first round without Najee Harris and the volume that he's going to command the season. All right, that's it for the AFC North. Uh, let's quickly move on to the South, and we should be able to zoom through this. Uh, the Colts have some guys you want. Jonathan Taylor is is your number one overall, right? Correct. All right. Uh, at receiver, Michael Pittman you want. Do you take any shots at Paris Campbell or anybody else at receiver for the Colts? No, I'm not taking Paris Campbell. I'm not taking any of the receivers that they have. If you want to you know, handcuff Naheem Hines at 129 with another player. He's not really the type of handcuff you would handcuff with Jonathan Taylor because if Taylor goes down, you're not getting the same production, maybe like you would if you had Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But Naheem Hines is going to be in an only PPR league, somebody you might take a flyer on in the 13th round. But other than that, you're not really touching anybody for Indianapolis. Matt Ryan has an ADP of 162. I see them doing all of their offense around Jonathan Taylor. I don't see them doing – much of the passing game so i'm staying away from anybody other than taylor why are why is everybody so down on matt ryan like i mean like completely just giving up on him as i'm not down on him as far as fantasy goes i don't know if he's cracking the top 12 you're not going to have him as your starter if you want him as a backup you know you're talking about a, a you know a guy who's been around the league a long time he's played with atlanta his whole career and he's really going there to make sure he manages this team to get into the playoffs he's not going to throw for 4,000 yards and 28 touchdowns. That, that offense is going to be geared around Jonathan Taylor and the defense as well. So I don't. it's not that you're down on him. It's just the position that he's in and what he's really asking to do for the Indianapolis Colts. And remember, Carson Wentz was actually a, a, a you know, he was a good player. He could throw the ball down the field. But the problem was they couldn't trust him inside the 20. And that's when they decided to go, you know, let's find somebody that we do not want to turn the ball over. Give the ball to Jonathan Taylor so we can make a run. All right, let's go Titans. Uh, Tony, how do you feel about draft? Where would you draft Derrick Henry this year? Top 10? Top 5? Okay. I'm not scared of it. That, that was what I was I'm just to. to. The, I'm to the point where I'm giving up on this overthinking things is that right now. I can't do that. I got to get in your mindset. Yeah. I'm an overthinker. Um, I've tried to go PPR, PPR, whatever. It's like Derrick Henry is, even last year, missing games, still had a productive year, at least from the outside looking in. Um, I saw this. Is J.C. Horn, to, is that on the pup list for the Carolina Panthers to start with soreness in his foot? Derrick Henry broke his foot in like the last five weeks of the season, came back for the playoffs, and on the first day of training camp, he's racing his daughter. I mean, now she's only a four-year-old, but still, I don't know. I mean, like, what's the? Do we overthink it? I don't. Th- I don't think so. Is that if I need a running back, if I decide to go? I think the question more is: is do you take a wide receiver or him? Cooper Cup. Yeah. What What do you do, CW, with uh, Derrick Henry? I'm okay with taking him in the first round. I do understand anybody who cautions with him, and and like I said, going back to my, you know, to what I always like to say about the first round, that is a player because of his injury history in the past 
that you could lose your, your fantasy league with because of his injury, just like Christian McCaffrey. So for me, he's going to have to fall to the late first round for me to take him, only because I know I'm going to get an early second round. I'd rather take somebody without an injury history and with somebody who's got a good offense around him who is safe. I don't care to have well, who is that player. Well, we named a bunch of players there. We we talked about Cooper Cup. We talked about Jamar Chase. We talked about Justin Jefferson. All receivers. Receivers. Is there a running back? Other and, and Jonathan t- Taylor would be his. Answer. And man, it's the flavor of the week in that way. Is that you guys acted like I was an idiot with Jonathan Taylor? Like, oh, he's sharing all the carries. He helped me two years ago when I won the fantasy league. I think. Hey, nobody. Why you? You're playing the victim a lot today, Tony. Why does everybody hate Matt Ryan? Y'all were calling me an no, idiot. No, I just am curious where everybody thought Matt Ryan is done. We also need to stop on draft day saying good pick, bad pick, because we don't know. But we do it every year. Oh, that was a good pick. No, I'm just. How about this? Is can we? Are there any running backs in the first round other than Jonathan Taylor that do not have the concerns That's that a good you question. brought up with um, Derrick Henry? Safest running back other than and Taylor. I'm not trying to be a controversial. It's just I'm really. That's asking. a good question. Who's the safest running back other than Taylor? In the fr- okay, so if I rank the safest players, I would say Jonathan Taylor one, Austin Eckler two, uh, Najee Harris three, Joe Mixon four. We're naming uh, you're naming a lot of pass catchers there too. God. Yeah, if, I, if you take Joe, man, that's sad. Imagine I, taking I, Joe Mixon I, ahead. I well, he's saying I know, he's I know, I know. Safe. I'm not saying you, but just yeah. imagine. But Mixon is a safer player, but I. Derrick Henry completely, you know, beat him by sixty fantasy points. Of course he could. Well, Tony, you're going to end up with Derrick Henry, and you're going to be happy about it. Um, maybe. So there maybe. you go. All right. Let's or he'll get hurt and ruin my whole league, like the last, like Saquon did last year. <laughs> Not safe. Not safe. I love uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I wanted Washington to draft him, but uh, is Robert Woods? Are you? Where is he going in drafts? He's the new Titans receiver. Yeah, they're both going actually within four uh, spots of each other. Trey Bur- Traylon Burks is going at 99 and Robert Woods at 103. So I, I think it's just the, the idea of what that offense is going to look like without A.J. Brown. And, I, you know, it's a great question to, uh, to have. I'm not sure that I'm going to take either one of them. If I had to take one, I probably would take the upside of Burks because I don't really know what that upside is going to be. Well, I kind of feel like I know what the, the ceiling is for Robert Woods especially being on a new team and, and coming off an injury. So Traylon Brooks is intriguing. All right. Are you drafting any Jaguars? I have a good question about this. Also, I want to know your thoughts on Etienne, too. Etienne right now is the is obviously the number one player for the Jacksonville Jaguars in fantasy. He's going at pick 46. So you're probably looking at the end of the third round with him. He is an enigma because he didn't play it down last year with his injury. But what you see out of him, what you saw out of college, was a guy who could run and, and catch the ball. And so in the NFL, that speaks volumes. James Robinson is still, uh, he's actually coming back. A lot of people are talking very highly of him now. He, he reported and is actually playing pretty well in camp. So that has dropped ETN's uh, spots by about three or four spots since James Robinson came back. ETN is still going to be a fourth-round pick, I think, pretty much all the way through our fantasy drafts. And he's an intriguing player. I do like him. But other than ETN, I'm not sure I'm taking anybody else. Christian Kirk is a 73 ADP. I think I'm going to stay, stay away from him in terms of what he, he does for Jacksonville. And if you wanted to take Robinson with ETN, I'm okay with that. ETN's about the only Jacksonville Jaguar that I'm targeting. What about Clip and I's favorite player? Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. 
He's like a consistent number four receiver to have on your fantasy team. Like love he, Marvin. Man, Jones. he just puts up eighty yards and a touchdown every other game. He's practically going for free right now. You could basically get him in the last two Ooh, rounds. Clip and I will fight over him. Yeah, I'm going to trade up to get him. Uh, Tony, just a note for you. Uh, the backup tight ends for Jacksonville are Dan Arnold and Chris Manhurts. Yes, both former, former Panthers. And is Trevor Lawrence got any value? Trevor Lawrence does, and I definitely would, would love having him as my backup quarterback. His ADP right now is around 136. Hmm. Just don't take him too early. I, I definitely wouldn't want to have him as my weekly starter. Especially with not knowing what the offense is going to look like, uh, even though I'm, I do have a lot of faith in Peterson, but but no, I, I wouldn't have him as my starter, even if I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. I think I would try to take a quarterback before Lawrence and pair him up uh, with, with somebody. All right, Tony, can you name any Houston Texans offensive players? Brandon Cooks, way to go! And that's probably and is he an underrated player? In because like he gets a ton of volume in in Houston like and I know it's not sexy but he gets a lot of catches out there. Yeah, I, Brandon Cooks is actually one of uh, two players I believe who has had uh, I think six touchdowns and uh, eleven hundred yards and six of the last eight seasons. The only two players can say that, so that's a pretty uh, pretty consistent uh, career for Brandon Cooks. And when he's going to be the number one target, whether it's Davis Mills throwing him the ball or if they pick up somebody else. I'm, I'm definitely in on Brandon Cooks this year and his ADP going around in the fifth round. I am def- I definitely like him this year. There's Brandon Cooks on that team is too. 28, not old, but getting up there. He's played for – he's on his fourth team. Hmm. I, right. I, would, I, would, I thought it was more, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, they got Philip Dorsett, Nico Collins, Marlon I, Mack. You don't want any of I thought of they had guys. some rook, a rookie they got. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Nico, maybe. Uh, uh, they have a rookie running back. Okay. Can, before he goes, can I ask him one question about my my uh, keepers? Please do. Uh, C, CW, I wanted to get your uh, opinion on my choices for my keepers. Basically, the way I saw it was is I could have kept Mike Williams in the fifth, and uh, then I would have had to sacrifice kind of one of these younger flyer players that I'm hoping might step into a larger role. So I decided to go with Trey Lance, um, Elijah, uh, Elijah Moore, which I thought was the one that I really wanted to keep. And uh, I got Terrace Marshall Jr. and then Dallas Godert for the 17th. I would have had to drop one of those players from the list if I kept, or maybe two if I kept Mike Williams. Did I do the right thing? Um. So let me get this straight. Wait, uh, for the record, you want me to help you win the league? <laughs> no, you really think I'm going to win? I don't have uh, Alvin Kamara in the 13th anymore. How I am I going to win? You can drop a couple of those guys and keep Mike Williams. Is what I, I'm thinking here. Yeah, I, Mike Williams is going to be tough in a season long, only because yeah, he's hit or miss. Hit 20 points, and then you're going to get maybe three or four. True. He does. Is he a va- would Mike but Williams think- in a value in the fifth? Would well, Mike Williams be a value pick in the fifth round in our not. league? But I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is a nothing burger. Maybe I'm wrong. Fantasy, yeah, yeah. Right at the moment, yes. Right at the moment. Is there any value with Trey? With the Trey Lance? Do you have any opinion on that one? I, I, I do like Trey Lance's upside. I think you are definitely looking at their younger guys that you want to keep, and that's what you do in this type of league. Where we're in a, you know, we're in a dynasty that you want to hold on to these guys in hopes that their upside is tremendous. And 
you know, this could could it be a Lamar Jackson year where he all of a sudden blows up because of his running ability, and Shanahan gets him to do what he needs him to do with the passing game. But uh, great coach, yeah. yeah. Or if it's the next year, even you know, maybe not even this year. If it just if I see the right progress, I can keep him again as a tenth, and then hoping next year is the ba- the big year. I definitely think you played it the right the right cards with. Look, you won the league a couple years ago because you had Kamara two years prior, and you got him in your last year, you know, in a double-digit round where he was a, a top four back. So that's how you win leagues like this, and you might have one of those guys that does that. Thank you. All right. Way to go, Tony. Um, Chad, we'll wrap it up here. Chad said his Titan radar went off. He says, what? what is Henry's injury history? He's had one injury. Come on, guys. And I'm looking at it. Derrick Henry has played 15 games, 16, 16, 15, 16, 8. So I question it more from a I don't want to draft a running back high that completely falls off the cliff. And I've been wrong before. I had Marshawn Lynch out of the league like seven years too early. So I I jump off too early because I'm scared to get them that year they fall off the cliff. I guess Derrick Henry. I mean, Max Kellerman had Tom Brady out of the league. <laughs> he got roasted this week. So, Chad, I'm not talking injury history for me. I'm talking more I'm just scared all the miles are going to add up. But anyway, that, that's what I was getting at. Well, Cliff, I'll say this. The the, the talking heads of the fantasy world have, have dug into this fantasy with injury with Derrick Henry. And the doctors pretty much say there's like a 25% chance that injury could be re-injured again. Which is like an injury that not not all injuries can do that. Yeah. It's a re-injure. So that's that's the history that we're talking about. Not him getting hurt three out of the last four years. And it's it's just adding all the research you can do, and it's overthinking it, like Tony said. But it's your fantasy team. Build it the way you want to. CW, good stuff. We'll uh, we'll get you back on uh, next week and talk more fantasy with you. We got a great one. The A uh, the AFC West. And AFC East, a lot of fantasy players are going to uh, change some uh, some fantasy leagues in terms of the players we're going to be talking about next week. ton of guys in those divisions. All right, thanks, CW. All right, thank you all. Let's take a timeout, come back. We'll talk about what's going on at Panthers Camp and more on Pirate Radio Live here on a football and free beer Friday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Let's talk training camp. What's important? There's videos of highlights going around, and I'm going to tell you a quarterback making a throw, good or bad, Baker Mayfield interception, doesn't matter at all. Great catch by a rookie. Doesn't matter at all. The only thing that matters to me is when a guy gets carted off. Ryan Jensen. I'll, I mean, do you, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I see like John Dotson from Washington, the rookie, make catches, and it's like, okay, I, I don't care at all. Do, what about you guys? I, I mean, just checked the the on Twitter. We have a it's called the like Panthers YouTube Creator Group. So it's just like all the YouTube creators have this group chat going, and they have been my co-host has been arguing with three of these guys over this one ball from Baker Mayfield for the last hour and a half, dude. I mean, it's like crazy. And they're like, is it overthrown? Is it hot? I was like, and it's so crazy. They're trying to make all of this judgment off of this. And I'm with you, Clip. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yes, you want every pass to be perfect. You want every ball to be caught. But even if it is, it you doesn't mean we can... Yeah. yeah, you can stink in the game. You know, so... Um, I try not to latch on to the Camp Darlings too much after Russell Shepard. We got that one. As Russell Shepard was a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, he came in on a one-year deal to the Carolina Panthers, and they're like, he's having the best camp you've ever seen. And this dude was a bum. Yeah, he there, was nothing. Who's the uh, the salsa dancer for the Giants? Victor Cruz. Victor oh, Cruz. God. I loved him, As too. one of the only guys who... He was wearing a single-digit number in preseason. It might have even been zero before receivers were allowed to do that. He was such an unknown. He's like the only guy. There's probably others, but he's the the storybook guy that came out of nowhere. preseason. Had a monster preseason camp and then turned it into something. But that's why we remember that because it doesn't happen a lot like that. And then his story was a sad one in the end. It was just marred by injury and kind of disappointment. So, I, I don't want to tell people not to get excited. I just personally, I've just seen it enough where... Well, why don't you just not get too high or too low on anything? And what I say is just turn your excitement to this, is that you're seeing people do football-like movements. You know, is for the last six months, we've had to speculate about what people could do on the football. Now we actually get to see footballs in the air, guys catching balls, running around, see their faces... So it's just that my excitement is just that not somebody caught it. Yeah, it's that there that it's there. Great pass by Trey Lance there, Tony. Nice to, to Brandon Ayuk. That was huge. Man, uh, really having a great camp. I think his ADP just skyrocketed. <laughs> and another thing is too, uh, you know, it, uh, the Steelers guy, the guy that they just picked in the uh, draft this past year. I saw a lot of people making fun of Kenny Pickett today because he threw an interception. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like everything's going to be so. And everybody's making fun. Like it's one interception. Well, well I, I saw Baker... earlier this week, Trubisky missed a throw, and the fans were saying, "Put in Pickett." Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's how we all do. We're but all. I think morons. Baker threw three picks today, though, or something like that, or or it's zero for four in the red zone. This is all right, Baker's I, third I, overall par- practice. With I, know. I changed my mind. That is important, and I do care about that. Baker sucks. Really? No. Okay. I did see somebody say, why is Sam Darnold getting any reps? And I agree. He's got to get a, a few, but I, I agree with that sentiment that this is Baker's team. Give him the full reins. Are the Panthers doing that? They came out and said no. it was a competition. No, it's uh, a- the very first day, Sam Darnold took, uh, he took reps with the ones. And then the second day, it was Baker with the ones. Then Today, ba- uh, it was Sam Darnold. Just with the give ones. him the ball. Well, for me, it's not even about that that competition being problematic. To me, it's it's taking reps away from Matt Corral to have meaningful time out there. And so, 
Like, I mean, I really just don't see a world where Baker Mayfield starts and then either gets benched or hurt and Sam Darnold comes in and saves the day. The Panthers might be one of the few teams, if you poll the fan base, I'm sure there's a lot of Baker fans out there, but is Matt Corral the most popular Panthers quarterback amongst the fans right now? He is with my co-host. My co-host is is in love with him. Cody loves him. Yeah. Hey, And does not like Baker. Really? Does not. And again, Tony, we've talked about this. We're kind of stubborn. It is tough for us to change an opinion on a guy. Once we set our feet in, it's tough for us to it admit we truth. were wrong. Well, right. you just want to be- wish it into existence yeah. almost. You're yeah. like, I'm going to believe it to be. But I think, I, I don't know. I said I thought Darnold might work out last year. I think Baker and Carolina could be exciting yeah, for yeah, you me guys too. this year. I think there's a lot of things that could happen, good and bad. What about this? I wanted to ask you a question. You see that one picture of the Washington practice where there's nobody there? Yeah, I don't... Do you think that was a out of context, like, yeah. poor... I mean, I saw another one today where Terry McLaurin... Was signing, signing hundreds and, and hundreds, yeah. Of, I think it was like a... Okay. Um, yeah. I had a good tweet on this one, is that because that same day that picture came out, the Panthers released their supposed new policy that you can't... Fans can't take pictures and video. Of, hey, at least we can see pictures of our camp. Right. I said uh, Washington Commanders' new p- policy, no pictures of fan activities, only team activities. <laughs> Do not take pictures of the sidelines. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's one of those things, Tony. And I was asking about it. I thought when you brought it up, it was like a Matt Rule didn't want videos of what was happening at practice, one of those competition things. But I don't you said so. it's more of – the team wants to control their media. Yes, and it's uh, it's because the internet has decentralized, you know, the way we consume content, and they want you to go to Panthers.com and watch their one really high-produced video. Right. Um, that's why they took away. I mean, if you saw years ago, the media used to be able to take fit video footage that's gone so right they're really trying they this is the power of the nfl they can they have they're the one sport right now that i think that still has the chops to monopolize everything i mean there'll be a day where it ends i i personally hate the prop the the policy because i think kind of a rising tide lifts all boats i think the more people are talking about the carolina panthers the more it helps their team as a the value of their team if you posted you used to go to training camp you post a cool video of you interacting with a player or an awesome catch it might make the guy 30 minutes from there say hey we should go our family should go out there you know right i mean maybe that's corny but like no i mean that's actually the real value of all of this and it's not like i was making any money off of it they or, or if it is, it's right. Like you're one, not monetizing one penny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it's an antiquated view. And I just think the irony is this is fan interest in the Carolina Panthers for the last four years has been going has been declining. So let's institute a policy that makes fans less involved and less engaged and less accessible. Are they enforcing it though? Because I'm seeing videos all over Twitter of, of not as much. Games. You can't. No, get... the first day there were a bunch of videos came out, and then the second day we're in day three, by the way. So, like, how many videos have you seen from today's practice? Uh, that's a good point. And I, it was I mean, all the videos bit, from one from day one day. T- and I said this on our recap. I said, don't be surprised when the Carolina Panthers shut this down. And then the next day they said uh, Usher came up to a guy and said, you can't be, you don't need to be doing that. And now they've been locked. Like you have to, the guys that are putting them up are doing it more and clandestinely, you know? So 
All right, uh, let's take another break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number two with Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Pirate Radio football kickoff party is approaching fast, and tickets are on sale right now for only 10 bucks. 100% of the ticket sales will be donated to local charities. Join Pirate Radio on Thursday, September 1st at the State Theater in downtown Greenville featuring 80s music by The Breakfast Club, plus many more special surprises, including the world-famous Clydesdales. You can get your picture taken with them. Go to PR927FM.com right now to get your tickets before they sell out. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, let's wrap up the hour and go inside the anger management rage room. We have it right here in Greenville, North Carolina, right down the road from our Pirate Radio studios. AngerMGMTNC.com to book your therapy session where you can smash and bash objects and not get in trouble for it. Get that anger out. Get the rage out. Don't keep it pent up. Get it out. It's healthy for you, and you can do it in the anger management rage room. Uh, I'm going to rage against people who don't check sources and just... So ESPN was guilty of this recently, where they took something they saw online that they thought was official. And, and it was on a show. And it was on one of their programs. And, and they, they had a it up stupid debate about it. And it was a quote that wasn't even true. Um, I saw Frank Martin, who is uh, not at South Carolina. He is the coach of UMass now, Frank Martin, formerly K-State real fiery guy i saw he got got by ball sack sports so first of all it's ball sack sports not reputable it's the most reputable um here's a problem if you see a picture like a graphic and there's a picture and there's a quote under it and then <laughs> and then like fine print it's about like having a steak on a fishing line i mean it looks so juicy that it's got to be real right yeah even though me or tony or anybody can make one right now cj's got all the equipment he can make some nice ones right now um just because it looks that way doesn't mean it's real this latest one was from uh, bob Cousy. bob Cousy had words for those who hate on old era basketball so there's a picture of bob Cousy. And there's a quote under it, and it says, Who gives a darn if we played against plumbers and firefighters? At least we didn't play against a bunch of TikTok dancers and Twitch streamers. We played against men. And then Frank Martin quote tweeted that with the eyeball emoji. The eyeball emoji kills me every time because <laughs> it's just like... By the way, underneath that Koozie quote, there is a smaller font that said, Bob Koozie could not be reached for an actual interview. <laughs> <laughs> so just be careful what you retweet and things you see. It's not like everybody's out there to make you look like a fool. And a lot of times you end up looking like a fool. Stop just putting anything out there that you see on the Internet. 
I got a rage about something similar. Is you got to check your facts. You got to have some respect. Put some respect. And put my what is it they say? Put some respect in my name. Yeah. Is that how they say it? Man, if you're gonna call somebody by their name, I want you to call them by their right name. I want you to get their name right. Do your legwork. Get this nickname right. People have been or Robbie Anderson is being disrespected because people are not getting his nickname right. His name's Robbie, R O B B Y. Well he changed you're, his you're nickname. You're disrespecting you, him. He what changed are you talking his about? Nickname. His name is R O B B Y, Robbie. No, his no. name is Robbie. Right, Robbie. That's what no, I said. His no, name you is did Robbie. not. Robbie. No. His, his name, name is Robbie <laughs> with an I-E. And he said, I want to go by Robbie. You already go by Robbie. That's what, yes. He already goes by Robbie. And he goes, uh, but I want to go to the more sophisticated Robbie <laughs> with the I-E. And one time when I wore number three, I used to be Robbie I-E. And then I went to Robbie Y. And we said, Robbie, why? And he said, no, Robbie, he. <laughs> Is this who's on first? <laughs> so he actually, he said, like, I had a good year one time when uh, I was IE. He said that. So why did he go back to why? And I have not fact-checked this, so this could also just be one of those spoofs, but this would be... Adam Schefter breaking it yeah, today. It Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson, and he spells it no. I.E. told reporters today that he now will be going by Robbie, I.E., as opposed to Robbie with a Y. Robbie Anderson is a living, breathing internet like hoax. Robbie Y. Robbie I.E. Here's the, qu- here's the quote from Robbie I.E. Anderson. I kind of like how it looks. It's, it's better on paper with the I.E. on the end. Anderson said. For a man who... That's what it was when I wore, when I wore number three, too. What Which, is he talking this about? This is so awesome. He doesn't know. He likes the way it looks. And this is the same guy who needs people who... Have, they have tri- Twitter translate for this guy. Uh, he is a space cadet. He oh is out there. I.E. All right. Uh, I hate when people are loud and drunk in a bar and a person's trying to place in sports trivia <laughs> and is infiltrated their sports trivia oh. table is infiltrated and i mean annoying people in public with great and booties. it ruins a person's chance at placing in sports trivia you did it's come like over that and old- tell me about that it's like Wait, that, I, I'm uh, not talking about me. This is the oh, most suspect thing Chandler has ever said in his life. It's like that old Ron White bit that where he gets arrested for being drunk in pub- drunk public, and he said, public. "I wasn't drunk in public. They threw me into, into public. public. I was drunk in a bar." So Chandler had this beautiful girl come take his seat, and he comes up and he goes, "You're in my seat." <laughs> And she's like, well, why don't you go get another? He made this girl go get a chair. No, I didn't. He is That's untrue. It is pretty close. No, it's not. I went up to... I, You're I, like, I, why I, are you in my seat? No, I walked up there. And the she girl ha- looks up to she's me like and says, a 12, bro. No. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, go, I go up there. I look. I'm like, oh, my God. There's someone in my seat. And I, I just walk up. She goes, oh, do you want... She said, do you want to go get another chair? He's like, and no. And I just like kind of... I almost was like... Almost tossed her out of the chair. <laughs> I know. I, like, I mean, a 12. This girl was smoking. Uh, she was total smoke show. And uh, he's like, get out of my seat. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say get out of my seat. But I was I was highly annoyed. Didn't by, he uh, say earlier this week that his love life was on life support? <laughs> no, he said non-existent. Non-existent. Well, maybe that's why. That's why we figured it out. bagged her and tagged her. Good girl. He has no, no game. Tony's stirring the pot. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I'm glad Tony was there for your rage so he can comment on it. I know. I'm <laughs> raging about your rage. <laughs> All right, real quick, running out of time. What do you guys got? For the love of Peter, Paul, and Mary, whoever keeps taking these, I've, I've complained about it before. Once again, this week, in two different places in the city of Greenville, they have closed off lanes of traffic. And nobody's doing anything. Like, literally, there are cones. <laughs> lanes are, are, are blocked off. And there's no utility trucks. There's no nothing. So, there is, so why, why are the cones there? Maybe they're doing it at night. Get out. No, if you're going to do it at night, that's fine. Fantastico. But when you are signing off for the day, take them stinking cones up and let those lanes fly. Because especially if I am trying to meet, uh, you know, a friend for lunch and I'm already blocked off coming up Evans because the darn train is, you know, blocking traffic. So I go down Charles and then I get stuck in one lane on Charles for that very reason. So uh, whoever is making those traffic decisions, a plague on both your houses. Pick up the cones. All right, CJ. People who talk on speakerphone in public. I think we've been over that before, too. It happened to me earlier this week at a grocery store again just stop put it up to your ear put some headphones in it's terrible yeah that's all it's uh epidemic going around all right that's the anger management rage room right down the road chan man if you want to get out your anger that's right it's about people taking your seat yeah it's at clark street uh i'm sure they got some new stuff in there by the way you can contribute to the anger management rage room you can donate if you have some wine bottles a TV, washer and dryer. A Sam Darnold jersey. A Sam Darnold jersey if you want to just put on like on, on whatever and beat the crap out of it. Go for it. You can donate, help them out, and uh, go check it out at Clark Street right down in downtown Greenville. If you have one of those uh, NCDOT vests, <laughs> put it Maybe on one cone. of those things. I, I just w- donated 892 Give me a traffic I cone. I will crush it. <laughs> Uh, Tony, you guys are putting out a lot of content right now. So the, the show is every Tuesday, but yep. what else? Do you we have, have the beat check on Wednesday nights. We have uh, Friday free for all tonight, where fans can come on and interact on the podcast themselves. And uh, we're looking forward to the season when the post game show comes back. Awesome stuff, Tony. Thanks for joining us, man. We'll talk to you next week. Tony Dunn, Carolina Cat Chronicles C three podcast, and all of the other goodies they got going on. Right now, because that means football is just about here, we will talk to Steve Shankweiler about Pirate football. Take a look at the offen- offensive line. Offensive. When we return, we'll talk about the Pirates. He's a Pirate. After this. Oof. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite uh, sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bells Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Football Friday. Talked about it from start and we'll do it till the finish. Had Mike Houston on hour number one. Talked NFL hour two. We're back to Pirate Football now. 
talking to Steve Shankweiler, East Carolina offensive line coach, who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Coach Shank, how you doing? Doing great, Cliff. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir, and uh, enjoying uh, having you on. And and I guess at this point, Coach, you've been in it a long time. I, I don't have to tell you, you don't get a ton of time off as a college football coach. But after all these years, have you been able to perfect your calendar? Uh, you, you know when you got to work. You know when you got to recruit. You know that short amount of time in the summer you get off. So have you been able to perfect that yet? Yeah, I think what happens is your body your body does it for you. Uh, you really, a college coach doesn't need a calendar. You just know, okay, after this many weeks, <laughs> this new event's going to start, and then after that many weeks, it's, this is going to happen. So, uh, but yeah, you get in a groove, and um, except when they change the rules, uh, it's it's been pretty consistent over the years. Yeah, uh, you are well conditioned at this point. Steve Shankweiler joining us, coach. A lot of people excited about your offensive line group this year, and and I remember talking to you at media day last year. You talked about the improvements made from when you you got back here to to where you were going into twenty twenty one. Do you feel even better about where you are this time this year uh, than say you did a year ago? Yeah, Cliff. I think you know, like we've talked about, and I think everybody has a, a general feeling about it's it's been a it's been a well-planned-out, uh, consistent growth and development of a roster, not just in the offensive line but across the board. But but we knew when we got here that the two lines of scrimmages were going to be critical to uh, revamping, and, and uh, we I think we've done that. I don't know that we've arrived as on either side of the ball as just the cream of the crop, but we certainly, we certainly have more depth, more experience, um, you know, I don't want to say a higher quality player. That's not fair to the kids that were here, but 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 certainly certainly the depth, uh, the investment in terms of times time developing them, them understanding the system and the consistency of the program um, has paid off. You know, more and more each year. Coach, with the players returning next week and and you know getting ready for fall camp uh what, what is the the injury situation on the o-line you look at a guy like bailey malavik and man you, you guys have been snake bit losing a tackle the opener for the last two years it's uh it's kind of crazy how that's happened but how is how is he doing how's uh your o-line doing are they going to be you know 100 percent ready to go when you guys start practice next week yeah i think that uh and actually uh you know we lost uh another tackle in the second or third game last year and <laughs> And then uh, the Noah Henderson with his back issues has been was very inconsistent. So we've been, yeah, snake bits probably, you know, I, I guess that's the right word. But the the positive side of that is that you now you, you do play some younger guys. You also take some guys and cross train them in different positions. So we've got we've got a group of players that really are can be somewhat interchangeable position to position. Um, right now we've kind of designated because of our depth. Okay. Everybody's playing one spot, but you know, things do happen where you do have to move some guys around and, and they're capable of doing that. Bailey, uh, is, uh, right now he's set to be full go, uh, on, on Wednesday. Um, you know, he came coming off an ACL from, uh, from the Appalachian game, but I seventh play of the game. And, uh, but he's had a uh, good off season. He's worked really hard. He's gained a bunch of weight. And he is right now physically the best he's ever been since he's been here. And then, uh, you know, Noah Henderson was a, you know, kind of a 60% guy during the course of the year in terms of numbers of plays. But he's had a really, really, really good rehab offseason. His back will always be an issue for him. 
but uh, but he is he has worked awfully hard to get his weight right and, and uh, as strong as he can be. And so yeah, going into day one, uh, we do not have any guys on the injury list, uh, but we do have some guys that we have to monitor and uh, and be careful with them. You can't just throw a guy like Bailey back into you know every everything's full speed because he hadn't he hadn't played since the Appalachian game. So we have to we do have to monitor some guys. But as you mentioned, we now have some depth uh, enough across the board that when we do have to rest somebody, uh, we feel like there's a pretty capable person going on the field. Steve Shankweiler joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. And you mentioned Bailey and Noah there and, and their weights. And everybody's different, right, Coach? you got to monitor those weights and, and those bodies uh, differently. And Bailey Malovic, he, it reminds me of a guy we talked to, Bryce Williams, former ECU tight end every week. And he said he was trying to put on weight his entire college football career to the point where he'd set an alarm to wake up and eat peanut butter in the middle of the night. Just something to try to put some weight on. And Bailey's got a, a tremendous tremendous frame but just kind of kind of tough to add pounds to it so that, that's unique too right coach that uh you got to work with everybody kind of individually on how they can improve their body to become a successful offensive lineman well and i think that's true you know it's if you're you know if you're at uh, i'll just pick a school if you're at alabama or ohio state you know the guys that you generally can recruit you know they kind of all look alike <laughs> and uh you know but we we have to be pretty specific about what the kind of kid we recruit positionally because, because, because of the depth, uh, you know, the, in the, in the, in the so-called middle schools of division one, you know, you're not going to have as many. Okay. So you got to be careful to maintain like the length, the length you want to tackle. Okay. Well, those are probably going to be, you know, maybe like I said, in Ohio state, they're still going to be big, strong kids, but they're going to be six, 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 seven. Well, the six 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 seven kid we get, you know, is probably going to be in the you know the two sixty five two seventy range, and you got to put weight on him, and, and that's kind of what Bailey's deal's been. And then he's had some he's had some health issues. COVID hurt him pretty uh, significantly two years ago, and uh, he wasn't able to maintain his weight. And then obviously the injury last year really slowed up some of the things you would like to do with him in the weight room. But he has overcome that. He's well over three hundred pounds right now. He's worked really hard at it. So. Um, uh, I, I'm excited about him. He's he's a great kid, a go getter, and we're just keeping our our fingers crossed and, and praying that he's able to stay healthy. A lot of familiar names, faces with uh, Big Noah Henderson, Bailey Malovic, also Avery Jones returning. I believe, Coach, we've been talking about it that that's uh, the first time Holt Naylor's will have a center in back to back seasons uh, that he's familiar with from the previous year. So that is a positive sign. Also, Nashad Strother has played a lot of football here at East Carolina, and then you add uh, a couple of additions there on the offensive line with Parker Moore, uh, Justin Red, to name a couple. How, how have the new guys, and, and we'll find out more, of course, when they report and, and get ready for fall camp, but how have they kind of fit into the locker room, Coach, fit into this offensive line group that you're uh, putting together? Well, fitting into the locker room has been it's been really, really well done on their part and our, our, our team, you know, uh, receiving those guys. And, you know, offensive linemen generally are, are pretty cliquish in the, <laughs> their own little group, and uh, they they fit in well. Parker had the advantage of going through spring practice in the off season program, so you know he's you almost look at him like a veteran, um, and and he's you know he's he's doing well, and and we're counting on big things for him. And Justin Red did not go through spring, but got here got here in May, and has been through the off season part, at least the summer part. 
and uh, is such a likable guy. He, he's, you know, it's, it'd be hard for him not to fit in anywhere. And then Ben Johnson, uh, the kid we brought in from Marist College, who uh, was a tackle there, that we've converted into a center. Uh, he's he's just same thing. He's an outstanding kid. We're, you know, Coach Houston's going to make sure, and I'm going to make sure that the kids that we bring in, you know, do fit. That they they, they that they have to fit our culture. And uh, those three guys, uh, you know, have, have just fit in beautifully, and and they're all all really excited to get started because uh, they all each of them has something individual they want to prove, and uh, and then obviously as a, as a team, you know, we want we want them to do well. Steve Shankweiler joining us. Uh, Coach, we had Holt Naylor's on a couple weeks ago, and we're talking about the improved O-line. He's very excited about the group and said he doesn't think he can name a starting five at this point. So as we head into fall camp, is there still open competition that's about to be going on out there on the practice field, or do you have an idea on who your five is to start the season? Well, you always have an idea, and and the kids do too. Kids kids know. I mean, they know they have a field, but we're – we're pretty open about you know the fact that we're going to make everybody compete uh, every day, and even if a guy is an established player, you know his standard is is uh, he's to, he's got to compete against a standard that maybe not may not be here. Okay, he may have we may have to set higher goals for him, but um, no, every day is a challenge. Uh, the the depth chart is not set. Uh, you know you can have a pretty good idea because of who's played, but you know I, I thought about it. Uh, you know, before we talk today, I, I think if you count if you count the uh, the three transfers, okay, and you just kind of say, okay, here's a two deep that looks like it could be the two deep, then we've got out of ten guys, we've got eight, I believe, or nine that have started a Division One football game, and either here or where they came from, and so you know, it's going to be. You know, there's a standard, and uh, you know if you if you falter a little bit, then there's there's somebody right there to push you. So, it'll it'll, it'll be interesting, and, and and as a coach, I'm really excited to see that competition. Steve Shankweiler joining us today on Pirate Radio Live as uh, we talk ECU offensive line and coach. Uh, let's look at uh, who you got behind those starters and how many. I guess in a perfect world. How many would you like to play on a Saturday? Uh, would you you want to go all five for seventy five to ninety snaps, or would you like to get some other guys in uh, and give guys a breather? What, what's your plan there if it all goes perfect for you on game day? Well, I think what you just said is right when it all goes perfect, but I've yet to be in a football season or everything. <laughs> right? Uh, you know that, that it's it's a very fluid situation, but you know we've got you know ideally you, you'd like to be able to. You know, you'd love to be able to play ten guys. I, I've, I've, that's never happened in my career. Um, but we've got, like I said, we've got we've got eight, and I have to go back and look. Maybe nine, but eight for sure. Guys have started D one football games somewhere, and so you know, you, you got to get those guys in the game, and and you got to make sure because again, I mentioned you know I mentioned Noah and and Bailey in particular because they do they have had some. You know they've had some misfortune injury-wise. You, you don't want them playing 85 snaps, okay? You, you want guys to step up uh, so that you know they can they can you know maybe go at a one-third, two-thirds uh, type of uh, ratio. Uh, you know our, our Avery Jones has uh, has had a very solid year as a center, first time ever playing it. Um, but you know we've got a couple guys. Uh, ben Johnson being the guy I mentioned a minute ago, you know, we brought Ben in here to, 
A, to challenge Avery, but, but B, you know, to play. And, uh, and that's, the, that's the world of the portal. You know, the transfer portal, you know, people, you got to think of all the ramifications it has, but one of the ramifications has when kids transfer, they, they're coming here to play. And they have a very serious mindset because they're making an investment by leaving where they came from. And so, you know, I've got these three guys, and, you know, they've all they've all packed up and left, you know, places that they signed with out of high school. And, uh, you know, all three in this, in this particular case were starters. You know, two of them were all-conference, and one of them was an All-American at the FCS level. Um, so they, they, they expect to play, and, and, and my job is to help them get on the field as much as, as we can and yet maintain the standard of play that we, we have to have to win. Steve Shankweiler joining us. Coach, we could do an entire show on just changes in football, really from the last two to three years but uh, in, in your coaching career. But how about specifically with the offensive line and, and what you teach, what is allowed, uh, you know, have, have any rules? I know rules have made it so offenses can get down the field and, and put more points on the board, but has that affected the O-line? How about just coaching the O-line position from you know year one to where you are now, has it changed much at all, or is it pretty much the same? Well, there's probably two two answers to that question. What what has not changed is is it's a very physical and very fundamentally oriented position. You know, you're as you're asking guys to to move people. You're asking a kid to move a three hundred pound man against his will, and and so. You, you can't just you can't just like like I say fire off the ball. I mean there, there's there's a lot of fundamentals involved in moving a 300 pound person, and especially if that 300 pound person runs better than you do, in which most in, in most cases defensive players run awfully well. So the fundamentals, yeah, everybody creates a new new thought, but basically the fundamentals are still the same. The game though has changed for offensive linemen for. For a great example, uh, we just had a rules clinic uh, two days ago. Uh, the American Conference sent uh, sent their rules guy here, and 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 they t- they've changed the blocking uh, that's allowed as far as blocking below the waist. Each year they change it a little bit. Mm. Each year they've gone to another level where you, really, unless you can unless you can cut a guy in the first three steps, uh, if, if he's within a yard of the line of scrimmage, you can do it, but if you can't go cut a linebacker anymore. You can't check, you can't go cut a defensive back in the open field. Um, you know, so what does that mean? Well, that means that the kids that, you know, they've got to be, they got to be more athletic. You know, we play at a faster pace. The ball snapped, you know, 90 times a game now. So conditioning is a bigger factor probably than when I first started. Uh, the ability of the kids to run and sustain being able to run because defenses defenses now play so much more spread out and, and they're speed oriented in terms of their recruiting. Uh, you don't see these great big giant D linemen like you used to. I mean, we, there are some obviously, but but you know you see so much more athleticism and, and you got to block those guys. So you have to recruit, you have to train. And you have to uh, you have to put kids in positions where they a they got to be more athletic than they used to be, and then they you know they have to be they have to be good enough to go execute it. And so re- it changes recruiting a little bit. You know you, you, you're recruiting kids that run better, uh, and uh, and the fact that you you know you say well what's the big deal about cutting a guy? Well you know if a guy's a lot more athletic than you are, you know if you can get in his legs and, and get him on the ground. That that's an advantage. Well, they've eliminated that now, so it, it's it, it forces it forces you to really, you know, 
evaluate the kind of kid you're bringing in and evaluate what you're teaching. Steve Shankweiler joining us and, and coach another question on uh, your, your longevity in the coaching business. And I remember asking you last year, you know, how, how you still relate to the players and because everybody that has coached from you, just well, everybody I've talked to uh, ha, has been a big Steve Shankweiler fan when they end up leaving East Carolina. And I asked you how that was. And, and I, I remember your answer. You said, you know, players want to be coached and they want to be coached hard. And, and you do that each and every year. How about with all the other changes in college football and, and college athletics? Is it just one of those things? coach where you just try to keep up or you get left behind you don't have much say in it so you just go about your business do what you can do uh, what do you think about all these changes in college athletics well if, you, if you're talking about all the, the conference alignments and the NIL yeah, and the yeah. Portal, you know now that's that's a way above my pay grade and yeah. uh you know my job my job is to give kids a chance to be successful and, and you know just really repeating what I've told you before they put they put so much time and effort all year long, people don't get it. They oh, uh, they lift weights. We get it. no. You, you, you people do, don't understand what these kids have to do all year just to have a chance to be successful. And you know they're giving themselves to you, okay, and saying, coach, you know, help me, help me be good because I put a lot into this, and my, you know, my whole life was to play Division One football and be successful. So it, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you as a coach, and 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 you try every way you can to reach each kid and teach each kid. It's like a, uh, you know, a, a school teacher, you know, you, you, each kid's a little bit different. They all learn a little bit different. So your job is to go in there and, and help each one be successful. And I think as they grow older, okay, especially after they graduate, they look back and they appreciate the fact that, that, that you did care enough to try to make them all be as good as they can be. And, and so when you talk about, Age, I, I you know, I, I, I guess by my driver's license, I'm, I'm older than a lot of people. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think, I do think that that's what kids want. They, they want to be co- coached. They want to be taught. Yeah, you may have to say it a little bit differently these days. You may have to, you know, obviously you train a little bit differently. Everything's a little bit different. But, but the reality of it is, when it comes right down to it, they all want to be good. And you're, you're their ticket to being good. And so it's a tremendous responsibility on me, uh, and 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 I take I take it I take it to heart. And it's uh, it's awesome to have you here at East Carolina once again, Steve Shankweiler, joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live Line, Coach. This is uh, this is list season. Everybody's putting out lists. We, we do it here at Pirate Radio. Uh, there's polls. There's all kinds of stuff. In fact, there's there's one account on the uh, on social media, Big Game Boomer, who I think just got popular for putting out lists, and then people argue about it. And it gets regurgitated, and it's quite genius when you think about it. But, Coach, I'm going to sarcastically ask you about not being on the top 50 list in America and how much sleep you lost over that when you weren't on that list. i tell you what. I, I saw that, and, and all I did was chuckle and say, you know what, I, not, I don't have a target on me. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody can argue about the list. And uh, I just be incognito and coach my tail off and uh, – <laughs> Don't I don't lose much sleep over that. I figured that. I figured as much. So I lose a lot of sleep. I lose a lot of sleep about third and long. There you go, third and long. And uh, and and 
And how about the schedule, Coach? And then we'll we'll kind of wrap it up here. East Carolina's gotten better. Better. Guess what? Everybody else is working hard, getting better too. And you got an NC State D line week one that looks pretty darn good on paper. Uh, we know about Cincinnati and then Houston, what they can do defensively. UCF, BYU is going to be preseason what top 20 top 15 so the pirates are getting better but that schedule looks pretty darn tough coach gonna be some some good competition this year it'll be great competition but you know again that's you know that's why that's why you play and that's why you come to that's why kids want to play at the highest level they can play it and so uh it's exciting we look forward to it and you know the bigger the bigger the game you're hunting the better the prize so uh we're, we're we're fired up about it Coach Shank, always enjoy the chat. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, get back at it next week. I know you're excited about it. The the kids are excited about it. Looking forward to another year of Pirate football, and uh, we appreciate you joining us here on, uh, I guess, your last uh, day of summer here, uh, joining us here on the program. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, Cliff. Go Pirates. Steve Shankweiler joining us today on Pirate Radio Live and uh, excited about this O-line group he's got rolling in in 2022. All right, Shirley, let's open up the booty bag. We are giving away freedom today on the show, a case of freedom. Booty, 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 booty booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. The iconic Budweiser brand has unleashed the freedom beer. And we are giving away a case of it right now. 317-1250 must be 21 or older to win. And what caller are we looking for? Caller 12, 317-1250. We're giving away the beer. And we're back with more football talk with Brian North after this. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, the Pirate Radio football kickoff party is approaching fast and tickets are on sale right now for only $10. 100% of the ticket sales will be donated to local charities and you can join Pirate Radio on Thursday, September 1st at the State Theater in downtown Greenville featuring 80s music by The Breakfast Club plus many more special surprises. Just go to PR927FM.com to get your tickets now before they sell out and congratulations to Kevin Cozart of Winterville, our big winner in uh, walking away with a case of Freedom Beer on our Free Beer Friday. Clip? Alright, thank you Shirley Rose. Congratulations to Kevin, CJ Schaefer, Chandler Honeycutt here. And let's wrap up the program with Brian North, who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. And we we as humans say, how you doing, as a greeting, when really we don't know, we don't care about the response. So instead of saying that, Brian, I'm just going to say, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. And the problem is sometimes when we say, how you doing, and we get the answer, then we don't want to hear it. We regret actually asking the questions. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's, you know. Better to not ask a question unless you're ready for the answer. <laughs> well, Brian, uh, we hope you're doing well. We're getting ready for uh, the fun time and, and really the busy time of sports. I saw your uh, 
Your tweet got me fired up when you started showing all those football helmets, Brian. I got to admit, it doesn't take much to to fire me up for football, but rolling through those high school helmets, college helmets, that, that got the juices going a little bit. It certainly does, you know, and when you see it all together and you get thinking about all the pomp and circumstance and the fun of Saturdays and the pageantry and, and the allegiance to logos and, and, you know, and really it starts on Friday nights with high school football, college Saturday pros on Sunday and no, it's such a fun time of year once you get into that, and this is kind of the prelude. This is kind of like the appetizer when you start preseason camps to start talking about it again. You don't have to make the full commitment as a fan. You can be like, oh, yeah, it's almost here. Then finish up what you have to do and be ready when the games go. But for the players and the coaches and us in the media, I mean, football season is now officially underway, and, and uh, it only ramps up more each week. So it's always a fun time of year, but at the same time, you know, it's like, oh, gosh, where did summer go? We've been talking uh, a lot of uh, Big Carolina 3A, 4A, and also this week I've talked to Perry Owens from Washington, Todd Light from Aiden Grifton, Ron Cook from Formal Central, talking about that conference as well. And uh, Perry Owens, who was at the top a couple seasons ago, Wes Craven wins it last year, says it might be a little more open this year, but uh, those two teams seem, seem to be the favorite heading into this season, Brian. And Wes Craven's got a couple D1 guys back. They've still got to figure some things out offensively, but defensively they're going to be really stout. Look, Washington, I mean, Perry's going to poo-poo it that he lost Terry Moore and lost uh, his quarterback, and so he's going to say that they're going to have to regroup. But his program, he's got a lot coming up through. He's really done a good job of establishing the program and has good numbers. Wes Craven's numbers are down a little bit as far as number of players actually playing. So that's part of it. And then, look, you've got other teams, you know, North Pitt with a new coach at C.J. Wilson, but uh, Coach Watford turned things around there. And, you know, Todd Leip, I'm sure, has got things going on at Aiden Grifton. And Southwest Edgecombe's always a perennial power. So you get these teams out there. You know, Farmville, Ron Cook now will be in his second season. He kind of was thrown into things real quick, and that's a program that's trying to reestablish. And, and Ron will do a good job there, too, kind of not only at the varsity level, but getting the JV program back and the, and the junior high program back. It, Farmville football has kind of been neglected there, and it's going to take a while, but they've got to establish some of those programs back again, and Ron's doing just that. Man, we, we talked about that yesterday. Shirley said it after our uh, Ron Cook conversation, because Farmville, traditionally uh, a good football team, now it's known as a basketball school with Larry Williford and what they do with the women's program there, but I didn't realize, Brian, I Shirley said it. We, we kind of took JV for granted, and, and I just kind of assumed that everybody had a JV team and a varsity team. That is certainly not the case, and Ron Cook talked about uh, you know bringing that back, and you kind of hit on it there with Washington and their program. That's huge to have freshmen and sophomores playing in real games on Thursdays, getting ready for the, the big Friday night lights, and not everybody in the, the 2A uh, can and 1A can experience that. They just don't have the numbers, so Todd Leip's hoping uh, for a JV team. He was kind of non-committal when we asked him about numbers, but sounds like Farmville Central's going to have one, and uh, that's a good sign. Yeah, well, now I think the big thing that hurt them a couple of years ago, they didn't have a, a junior high program that disbanded. And that's, hmm. that's when they're teaching the core fundamentals to these kids. I mean, yes, uh, peewees and all that, but junior high is so important, middle school, like it, whatever you want to call it, so important to, to these feeder programs, and the JV program really helps. The problem is football numbers are down with everybody. Uh, participation numbers are down when it comes to football. Like most sports, it's almost becoming specialized at a younger age, and other kids, some kids who used to be multi-sport athletes, picking other sports to concentrate on year-round, uh, particularly in Farmville, where, where basketball is king right now. But Farmville's got a really good baseball program, too. 
And so I don't know if they're getting the number of kids to play multiple sports there like they used to, which helps bolster those athletic numbers. So uh, then you have soccer is, is getting bigger. Lacrosse is taking up some bodies as well. So there's more things for kids to do out there now in the specializing. So football numbers overall, participation numbers are down, and that's also hurting a little bit with all programs. Brown, you've been in the South long enough to – you can call it middle school, not some highfalutin Yankee talk junior high. I've always I, – I is that a thing, right? It's it's uh, middle school, some places in the country, junior high, others. Yeah. yeah. Just when you have a high school, you have a junior high school. That makes sense. So we, yeah, I guess – We really dumb it down here in the South. Uh, let's see. It's not elementary. It's not high. It's in the middle. Let's call it middle school. Yeah, yeah. Grade school, middle school, high school. I, I don't know. I, I – as long as you can figure it out when we're talking, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, very sad. It'll be my daughter's last year in middle school slash junior high. Ooh. Yeah. So Ooh. enjoy those uh, days, Brian, even though you're chasing around your, your girls. Uh, how about uh, we had a little daddy. We, man, we've had little league teams come in all summer, but yeah. a little daddy daycare uh, experience today. Uh, Blake Harrell has uh, three young girls. I thought about you, Brian, because he was uh, – in the area and he was like hey man just just looking for them something to do so uh i, I was gonna show him a radio station is that cool i was like yeah sure whatever and they're over there tapping on the fish tank and running around so man one girl is enough for me i, I feel for you uh you gentlemen with multiple daughters that'll be brilliant i will be there monday <laughs> yeah come on by brian hang out for a little while uh aunt shirley can uh can show them how to make promos and things like that she's good with kids the oldest one is good enough she'll do what you say so she'll repeat you know she even has her own ability to ad lib now so i think she'd probably be good at doing some of those promos got the north uh sense of humor and comedic timing down already i don't know she definitely definitely the not reading the prompter and making up what you want to make up (laughs) yeah she does that yeah Brian North joining us today. I uh, had Mike Houston on earlier and Steve Shankweiler. So we are gearing up, Brian, uh, and that first opponent, NC State, coming into town September 3rd. Picked second in the Atlantic this week behind Clemson. How about Devin Leary, uh, preseason offensive player of the year over, you know, any Clemson Tiger, Sam Hartman, anybody else in the league. So high expectations for uh, for Devin Leary and the, uh, the Wolfpack this year. When he stays healthy, he's great, and, and you know his offensive line is back. So you would expect him to be percentage-wise as healthy as he, he could be. And you know, for ECU, unless he gets hurt in camp, you know he'll be healthy in that first game of the year. And, that, and that's when you talk about that first game of the year is, is always interesting because everybody should be healthy for the most part. Obviously, camp injuries happen, but just the wear and tear of game days. You know, that first week is always going to be uh, uh, look. ECU is becoming the sexy favorite for an upset. So at some point, you're not an underdog anymore when everybody keeps picking you to beat uh the overdog and <laughs> but i think nc state's gonna be a tough out they're just so fundamentally solid under dave dorn and to have everybody back i think with the restrictions in practice now and some of the things that you can do an experienced team with everybody coming back and the reps they have is so important in those early games in the season so ecu is going to have to play great and make plays and not expect nc state to give them the ball game and turn it over just based on their experience you're gonna have to go and beat nc state they're not going to beat themselves early on. 
I'm guilty of this too, but we are previewing these games way too early because we've already got Jeff Nadeau, the big man on campus, already put a bet in on East Carolina plus 10.5. Brandon Walker from Barstool's picking ECU straight up uh, to beat NC State. And then today when I saw uh, Josh Graham on Twitter said he wouldn't be surprised if ECU won, that's when I knew that the Pirates are going to lose by 21. So we have got to somehow shift this into people picking NC State between now and September 3rd. Uh, Pirates are way too much of a public underdog right now. I don't like it at all, Brian. Well, and NC State was so talked about so much in the spring. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, it, it goes in uh, – in, it, it changes with the seasons, I guess. <laughs> We're so bored with NC State already. We haven't been camp yet. That's how bad it is. <laughs> Attention deficit disorder we have when it comes to college football. That We're already trying to pick an upset before teams have even uh, put the pads on you. There you go. Uh, man, I, I'm i starting to yeah, – look at the schedule. NC State, man, they're tough. Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. I think the closer we get, and and this was somewhat certified last night by someone else. I was in the uh, on the Twitter Spaces. Brandon Walker uh, was talking college football, and I asked him who is this year Cincinnati, the non Power Five team, to run the table, and he says it's BYU. I'm starting to think that might be the toughest game on the ECU schedule because they'll probably be top twenty. Uh, Brian preseason, Phil Steele had him in his top fifteen. Uh, they, and we're, we don't talk about them a lot. They've been on the schedule twice, and uh, we killed them here with Scotty Montgomery one year and then played a classic in Provo uh, in 2015. But they're a team that are, are off the radar right now that by the time that game comes up, that, that could be on the national radar. So uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I saw BYU's been dropping games to kind of uh, – fit their conference games in or the ones yeah. they have to get in now. And I noticed they haven't been dropping ECU, right? So that's <laughs> Is that a sign? Think about where they where they think ECU is on their pecking order and, and getting their resume built. So I think they look at that as a game they can certainly win and, and want to go on the road. And Look, man, the, the Latter-day Saints, they travel. Remember the, the BYU crowd when they were here the last time? Uh, they had a, a really good impact in the stadium. They just didn't put a very good show on, on the turf. But uh, they've kind of fixed to those problems they had that one year or two and so no they're going to be a tough out and um uh that's yeah that that's one of those that uh, when you look in the schedule you're like oh boy that when they when they did that schedule a few years ago you're like okay that's a winnable game but now that is one of the toughest ones that ecu will have this year that nc state look no that that pirate schedule is not easy coming off their first winning season since 2014 it is not an easy schedule by any means and you can have a really good football team and not have a winning season because of a tough schedule yeah uh and uh, yeah that's a good point and looking ahead brian we were kind of discussing this yesterday the future schedules and what's it going to look like with you know in-state power five opponents and 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 those power conference opponents uh in general and you're at michigan next year with a a a bye game and that's going to be a lot of fun and cool to see east carolina in the big house uh but looking at future opponents nc state on the schedule in 2025 and in uh, 2028 you've got app state on the schedule a couple times here coming up in the next few years south carolina wake um a million games with old dominion uh are on the schedule uh boise state uh popping up on the schedule in 2028 so you still got games to fill and moving forward uh you know with the way college football is moving it just seems less and less likely you're going to get a big time opponent to come here to to greenville brian and uh you just hope those relationships are enough with a, a state of carolina i love seeing wake forest uh, back on the schedule coming up yeah. later in the 2020s. But you just wonder how many more of those games you're, you're going to be able to get in the future. 
And look, and, and you would think you want to get winnable games too. So maybe you don't always have to go after the big names, but you get regional opponents. And there's a lot of them around now with Coastal Carolina and Old Dominion and William and Mary and JMU and uh, Marshall. And there's so many in the region. I was just actually looking at the CAA uh, today as it's changed a little bit, but it's become even more regional with them adding Hampton in. So now you've got Hampton right there along with William and Mary and Richmond and uh, Old Dominion, you know, that that Virginia conference. It's just, and Marshall's now in that conference as well. Or, or Marshall, I'm sorry, is in the, the uh, uh, God, what's the one with that? Sunbelt. Yeah, Sunbelt. Yeah. The Sunbelt Conference. I love that because it's regionalized. Yep. So while all these super conferences are being formed with no rhyme or reason in geography, I love what these other conferences are doing, going back to more of the regional concept and really creating some of these great rivalries. So for ECU, I don't think it's bad to schedule these non-conference games that regionally are games that you can win and also will create some interest and buzz uh, because it's a fan base that can actually maybe get to the game and create a little bit more atmosphere or vice versa. You can get to their place and really create a road atmosphere that'll be a lot of fun. Brian North joining us. Brian, I was looking at the, uh, you mentioned Hampton, looking at their coaching staff, Robert Prunty, their head coach. Uh, Brandon Williams, former Pirate linebacker, really good, probably underrated linebacker, uh, is the outside linebackers and running game coordinator coach for them, doing both sides. And here's a name, Brian, uh, the Kenton uh, Kentwan Balmer, who I remember him went to North Carolina, right? Was he an Eastern North Carolina high school guy, or did he just go to Carolina? Why do I want to say he's a Roanoke Rapids kid? But I, I'm I, so that would make him kind of Eastern North Carolina. Okay, but uh, definitely, yeah, no, he was definitely a, a big name when he went to uh, when he went to UNC. Wow, that you can't get one past Brian North, uh, thirty five years of age from Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. There you go. Well done, I, I, man. I'm gonna. I like to do this with Igo, like play old ECU players uh, interviews and and kind of give him a year, give him a small clue. And he's like Rain Man naming them. I'm going to name like just random uh, high school players from the past, and I bet you could nail those. That was pretty impressive, Brian. Yeah. Uh, every now and then you get lucky. But, I, you know, sometimes it's just a name. Like with Kent Juan is a different name, and I don't yeah. know why the Brodo Rapids thing always stuck in. But And that's not in our viewing area, but those are teams we do cover a lot, and they don't get any other coverage, so they kind of gravitate towards us a little bit. Go are they Brodo. still the uh, – are they the Redskins? Or were they the Redskins? No, the Brodo Rapids is the Yellow Jackets. Who's the uh, who are the Redskins? Well, you got the Mantio Redskins huh. still out there. Okay, you got the Roanoke Redskins, but they consolidated with um, Beargrass and oh, I get that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Brian Pascal used to be the head coach. Marcus Crandall what, was a uh, was a Roanoke Redskin. Tremaine Goddard, some of them. So. Oh yeah. I actually, have, I actually have a Roanoke Redskins helmet. I never had a Washington Redskins. Helmet. <laughs> I have a Roanoke. Redskins helmet, and they look about the same. So all those helmets you got, Brian, and you put them on display on the Blitz, and we yeah. saw a, a, a video of it last week. Uh, it was really cool. Are those like your personal helmets at this point, or are they the state? Who owns those helmets? Well, we haven't had a divorce yet where we have to put those things up in a custody battle. Yeah. But I would think if you had to take it to a court, I would think because I procured them, yeah. they, would, they would be mine, but they... You could make the case they're station property. That's where they're stored. That's what they're used for. It'd be an interesting court battle. I'm glad I brought this up. You need to contact your lawyers when you get off the phone. <laughs> and how about this? Your, your station has gone through so many hurricanes and storms and floods. Uh, that really shows you that uh, the safety of those helmets, they, they've lasted the test of time, Brian. That's good <laughs> stuff. 
when we got flooded by Hurricane Florence, I had some helmets that were, you know, we hung most of them, but there was a few that had to sit on the floor, and uh, one of them was my JMU helmet. And so as oh. we were allowed to get back into the station, I went and read that. I didn't even go to my desk. <laughs> I went into the Lemore locker room and rescued my helmets and dried them out and made sure they were okay. So they certainly have been a pet project through the years. And, and when we had that great, you know, Lemore locker room to display them, it was a lot of fun. I really kept up with it. We have um, decision makers at our place now that, you know, they, they think less is more. So we just display a few on some key matchups, but yeah. we've talked in the future of maybe getting back and, and building another Lemore locker room in the future because I just think it's a great look. Oh, yeah. I think it gives people something to look for when they tune in. So maybe your team <clears throat> isn't in the immediate highlights, but you can look and see if you can find your team's helmet out there. There's just a lot of little things I always liked about it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool collection. And probably what's even cooler is um, my unfinished upstairs of my house where all the helmets that have gone out of rotation. Oh, nice. Oh, you know, see some of the crap I have up there. That's, I'm trying to figure out what to do with them because no one in my family, when I pass on, is ever going to want them. So I'm trying to figure well, out exit strategy. I was about to say, if your wife uh, ever gets sick of seeing them and you need to get rid of some, let me know. <laughs> and then my next thought was, then my wife's going to make me get rid of them to somebody else and pass them right back on. But, uh, yeah, if you want to throw me in the wheel for a helmet or two, uh, two I'll, I'll, I'll take them. There are certain schools that never change, though, and so you only have a few. Like D.H. Conley, I only have two D.H. Conley helmets. When Brian Pascal was there, he had the Michigan wings, right? And then, and then I've got the current Conley uh, logo. Those are the only two that they've had in my twenty. This will be my twenty-fifth season, and those are the only logos that I can remember on those helmets. Well, Washington had the um, Michigan style forever too, but they have a W now, right? Am I right on that? So Brian Pascal, which ironically he's a Wake Forest guy, he played football at Wake Forest, uh, was an offensive lineman. He, he's the one who actually would take the Michigan wing design wherever he went. He had it. Oh, okay. He had it at Conley, and then um, yes, uh, Perry Owens has gone back to the traditional W, which I thought I was up to date on, but he immediately messaged me when I posted that video and says, "Got to get you a new helmet." <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's what we'll be doing. Oh, that's a nice strategy too, Brian. That just post old helmets, and coaches will say, "Hey, we got to get you a new one. That'll get you a new helmet." Um, all right. Well, heck, let's end it here. Let's put you on the spot. Okay. Yeah, and and you can name multiple, so you're not uh, pissing anybody off and getting letters and emails. But favorite high school helmet currently? Name a couple. Well, West Carteret. Is I agree. Cool. That's a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they always have the flag design, and and this year they've actually st- printed out trucker hats which I know you're a fan of, yeah. and they've got the cool uh, flag design with their logo on it. And so I've, I've put in an order for, for one of their trucker hats. It's really cool. But West Carteret immediately because it's – I'm not a fan of a copycat. Like if you're copying a, an NFL or college logo, I'm not big on that. I mean, it's, it is what it is, and some teams will do it. But uh, So that was a good one. James Keenan, and I, and, and I go and say that, and then I do this. James Keenan, I love James Keenan's helmets, but it is a copy of the Cincinnati Bengals striped helmet. Oh, yeah. Black, and I've always loved that. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you when I saw that video, who was that? I, I, I like the uh, the design on that one. Yeah. James Keenan Tigers, they had that when they won two state championships in the mid-2000s, and they went away from it. And uh, then they went back to it and had some success again, so I don't think they'll ever leave that. So that's another cool one. Uh, I love Southwest Oslo with the horseshoe, and now they do the horseshoe on one side and the and, uh, galloping horse on the other um so they're trying to appease both but i love the i've always loved the lucky horseshoe of southwest onslow 
Uh, Rose, Rose is one of those that always changes. They yeah. Green to white to different logos. They probably have had North Lenore and JH Rose have probably had the most logo changes in Swansboro. Uh, have had the most logo changes through the years. Um, that I have to get a helmet almost every a new one every year. And this has been old white men talking about helmet designs, and it's one of the best conversations I've had in months, Brian. So I really enjoyed this. It's fun, and you know when when colleges started going to the alternate helmets and and the chrome, and so it's always this you want tradition. Yeah. If you don't have tradition, I think it's kind of cool to to go those other ways. But you know, it, Penn State's gone with white forever, right? And it was a big controversy when they added the black stripe and, and down the middle. <laughs> Alabama's been playing, and the Alabama numbers that a lot of high school teams copy now. But so tradition is great. But I also think if you don't have tradition, why not? try something new every year and do cool stuff. And that's what Swansboro did. They had some really cool helmets, including one with almost too much of an intricate pirate flag on it because when you look at it up close, it's awesome, but you can't really see it when they're on the field running around and smashing. So Uh just the big old letters is just as easy, and the the Alabama numbers are just as easy. But um, no, New Bern's got a pretty cool helmet now, too. They've got black with the um, uh, New Bern City logo on one. Okay. So, I like that. Always, that's been different. I always like originality, so I think that's cool. Good deal. Uh, let's talk more helmets and uh, high school football <laughs> next week. That was good stuff, Brian. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, Brian North today on Pirate Radio Live. Have a uh, good weekend and uh, and get through next week. And, and let's, uh, let's get ready for football, North. Man, it's getting closer every day. Let's enjoy the process. One day at a time. All right, Coach North joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Excited for all levels of football to begin soon and next week we'll be covering east carolina fall camp as they report so we'll be out there with videos pictures some uh, interviews as well and coming up on monday we're going to welcome in our uh, our elite eight our grade eight our players lounge presented by delcor will be opening up and uh, excited to welcome on some new faces this year isaiah winstead ryan jones uh miles berry to name a few so uh looking forward to that coming up keaton mitchell as well excited about that and excited about welcoming back the brian bailey show and if you missed mike houston today you can go back and watch it or listen to it whatever you want to do but mike houston will join brian bailey coming up on monday at 12 noon that is correct and uh more mike houston also coming up in a couple weeks we'll talk to mike oresco we'll be talking to high school football uh the following monday a chan man and and tuesday as well because we'll be at parker's barbecue for the big carolina 3a 4a media day and i'm excited about that lunch and also talking to all those coaches about uh the upcoming high school football season we'll have dh conley football uh on pirate radio once again in 2022 and uh man we are we wrap up july here and it's about to be full systems go uh next show that we have clipped it will be august it will be my uh my fantasy leagues keepers are due on sunday night so once we hit august it's draft season it's the we got a football game on tv less than a week from today less than six days we got college football coming up uh what was the countdown to kickoff yesterday 37 37 36 36 today today. it'll be i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it 30 days until kickoff coming up on thursday next week well we are only 29 days away from college football kicking off with week zero week zero 
and this is a stupid question because I, for one, am there excited. are no stupid questions. Are you excited about Week Zero? Sure. Because uh, I don't, I know it's not some of the matchups are not the best, but no, nah, there's really nothing to be excited about for Week Zero. The best game will probably be the one played in Dublin, Ireland, Nebraska versus Northwestern. You've also got Wyoming at Illinois. That could be pretty good, maybe. Charlotte at FAU. Yeah. Okay. I, I was eh. looking at that one. Uh, the Rattlers of Florida A&M at North Carolina. And uh, Vandy at Hawaii. 1030. I'm all in on I want to be up watching that. That's yes. CBS Sports Network. So that is Saturday, August 27th. So uh, that's what's coming up in August, folks. Excitement time. Excitement time. Today, uh, Mike Houston dropped a go time on us. It's go time. (laughs) And a lot of opportunities. A lot of opportunities. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. We will talk to you Monday right here on Pirate Radio Live for Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, the Chan Man. I'm Clip Brock. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.